The Home Depot Days of Doing Bath and Kitchen event is going on now. With everything you need to let the savings flow. Like the Moen Genta 4-inch faucet in brushed nickel finish for just 99 bucks. It combines a contemporary modern design with a spot-resistant finish for a beautifully clean look in your bathroom. Today is the day for doing and stylish updates at the Home Depot Days of Doing Bath and Kitchen event going on now. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. Offer valid through October 5th while supplies last. Like that. That's how I always reaffirm myself. Give me another. Tony Bruno. See? Give me another. Tony Bruno. You say it real fast now. Tony Bruno. Nice. You say it real slow now. Tony Bruno. Can you get deeper? Deeper. <laughs> You're a bad man. You're a bad man. Tony Bruno. Tony Bruno. And now. Oh, Tony Bruno. Stop it. Here is Tony Bruno. Hello? What day is it? What is it, Z? That's a Tuesday! Bryce, what is it? And you know what else it is? What is it, Z? No, no, shut up, LeBron. Robin, can you have my music up here, It's please? up. I don't know why it's not playing. I have it ready, and I'm playing it. There it is. It's Tuesday, which means it's not Monday anymore, which means there's a big difference from yesterday and today. And you know what that means in the end? It means... What a difference yes. a day made. Because yesterday at this time, ladies and gentlemen, as we gathered around the personal electronic devices, your phone on Twitch, your big screen TV, screencast to Twitch TV, Bruno Nation Live, in your car listening to audio only safely while you're driving around trying to get away from the flotsam and jetsam of the real world. What does that mean? Hint, hint. That if you're driving and watching, you shouldn't be. No, that's not that's a hint. I'm saying use audio only, which we can do on Twitch. I don't want people distracted. We got enough distractions. But yesterday at this time, we were talking about a team that lost seven consecutive baseball games. A team that many had given up as dead. The same team that was okay earlier in the year, but for some reason now all of a sudden learned completely forgot how to play basic fundamental baseball and what happens first of all the general manager Matt Klentak of the Philadelphia Phillies was under the gun the manager was under the gun the players were under the gun everybody was under the gun and then Matt Klentak had to clear the air before they took the field last night as the New York Metropolitans came to Philadelphia an organization and a team more dysfunctional than your Philadelphia Phillies and Clentac discussed all the issues that had this city 
in an absolute blathering foam of disgust, the heat, the humidity. People were melting before us all over the streets. Fans were frothing at the mouth, trying to figure out how they were going to get through the rest of the summer or at least make it to training camp a month from now when the Philadelphia Eagles. In fact, from what I'm reading today, most of the sports stations have already moved on to the Eagles. Let's get it back to the Eagles now. I'm surprised no one's breaking down the NHL schedule for the Flyers on local sports talk radio. But hey, (laughs) they do whatever they do. We do what we do. They do what they do. And as the great Charlie Manuel once said, What it is is what it is. Exactly. What it is is what it is. I know it is, uh, Charlie. What it is is what it is. What it is is what it is. It's it's raining tacos. What it is is what it is. Why is this thing on loop here? What it is is what it is. See, this is what happens when Luigi comes down here the night before and does a damn show. Then I got to come in here and fix everything again. That son of a bitch. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I will get this corrected. As soon as I turned it down just for a second. I got it right now. I got it okay. I got it okay. Why don't you stop by my office then? We got the Flyers in Vegas on New Year's Eve. I know Trevor. uh, By the way, we have breaking news. The Italians have scored again. La Femme Italiana laying a beat down on the corrupt communists from China. China taking it on the chin, in the ass, every way possible. It's time. Remember I said yesterday, Robin, USA versus Italy? Yep. I'm rooting for USA. Italy against anybody but the United States, I'm rooting for Italy. Especially against our enemies, the people who are trying to destroy our country even though they're making all of our products. Now, my one question is, if the Italians continue to lay the bitch slap down Uh on the Chinese commie chicks in the Women's World Cup in France, as we are now in the 51st minute of play, Italy 2-0, the question is, Will my Amazon packages be delayed as a result (laughs) of the Chinese taking a biblical beatdown? I want more. I want them to win 13 to nothing. Not that there's anything wrong with the Chinese women. This isn't about the women playing, but they represent a country. The World Cup is about us against them. That's right. This is now us against the world. I see. That's why it's called US. It's us against the world. Uh All the evildoers out there. The Chinese who repress their people have real concentration camps. I want winners is exactly what I want. I want winners. You're damn right, Duncan Dad. Italia. Or as we say say to the Italian soccer, I mean to the Chinese soccer team. Or as our female players say to the Chinese soccer team. Exactly right. I'm sorry. This is about... This is about world domination. Viva Italia. Italy's like a little boot. China's like this gigantic country led by commie bastards. Where is, uh, where is what's his face, uh, Attila the Hun, when we need him most? Wasn't he the head of the Mongolians? I believe so. But they took Mongolia's gone now. It's part of China. Correct. We need an uprising by Attila the Hun to come back. At least his great, 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 great grandson or somebody. It would have to be like 17 greats, though. Well, you know, he can, he can uh, take... Wasn't he the one that was known for going everywhere on elephants? I, I, we went everywhere and controlled the world. Attila the Hun's right. goal was to take over the well, whole Zimbabwe world. Well, Zimbabwe is offering up all their elephants to whoever, whatever really? country wants to take him. Yeah. Zimbabwe, formerly in Rhodesia, as you well know, ah, Robin. Yes. I mean, that's just good geographical knowledge here. But uh, Trevor points out, not going to lie, 
the Italian women's soccer coach, MILF material. I haven't checked her out yet. I just actually started watching the game. But there's some cute Italian girls out there, Robin. They got the dyed blonde tips, the black hair with the blonde tips. I guess uh, the word about fashion gets to the Italians a little too late. They're going with the Ryan Seacrest look from about 10 years ago. Thank you, Ryan. Meanwhile, we're going to get back to baseball. I'll keep you up to date. I got this. I got my eyes on those Italian girls. Not the ones here in South Philly. They're a little schifoso for me. But the international Italian chicks from Italy. Italian chicks in South Philly? Man, you know what I say. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> Tony has very strong opinions. No, that's not me. I'm just uh, I'm letting other people express some of my potential innermost feelings on the show. But I got a lot of feelings today. Yes, you do. You started having lots of feelings last night. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that today was gonna be a good day. That tonight's gonna be. But so the Phillies go out there last night. New lineup. They mixed things around. They slapped it up. They flipped it. But I mentioned, did we play the Matt Clentac already? No, we have not. Let's play the general manager. Because yesterday, when this whole city was embroiled in an absolute shit show of wondering whether the baseball team would ever win another game, children have been conceived and did not have any understanding that in the last nine days, there was a baseball team as mommy and daddy were just getting them back home from the hospital, breastfeeding them, trying to tell them, it's okay, son. It's okay, daughter. Baseball still exists in Philadelphia. Just because you in your short lifetime on earth have not seen a Phillies win does not mean they will never win again. In fact, I believe Matt Klentak yesterday cleared the air in the clubhouse, put a couple of fans on, threw a couple of deodorizers in there, cleansed the air, and now all of a sudden, tranquility base, the Phillies have landed. I'm very well aware of, of all the, the criticism right now of the manager, of the coaching staff, of certain players. I'm not naive. I, I understand this and I understand why it's happening. The wrong thing to do is to point a finger at any one person and say, you are the reason that this is happening. I do not believe that. Gabe Kapler is our manager and, and our staff is our staff. And to penalize the other 24 guys on the field by, by benching one and not putting our best lineup out there, um, is not the right thing to do. But don't for a second think that they're just flying under the radar and nobody's doing anything about them. If this group of 25 guys plays well, we will be a playoff team. If this group of 25 guys does not play well, we will not. There's no panic in that room. They believe it. I believe it. The best thing we can do is rally together and do this together and commit to each other that we are going to get through this together. Because let's face it, this is the same team that was in first place two weeks ago. This is the same team that looked like a juggernaut for the first two weeks of the year. Our place in the standings has changed in the last two weeks. We've not played good baseball. That is stating the obvious. I understand that. But to lose faith in our players, to lose faith in our staff, is the wrong thing to do at this time. And we are, we are proud to stick with these guys and rally together. Basically, we have the meat. Yes, they did. And so, Klentak clears the air. The Phillies have a new bamboo plant in the clubhouse, which could be a lucky omen, Robin. You're always looking for ways to break the jinx. Yes. You know, whether you have uh, tinctures or kill chickens or cut their heads off like Jobo did. Do you what? have a lucky thing? What no, do you I used to have the Italian horn, but that didn't do anything. Except get me chicks when I was younger. When you wore the Italian red horn or the gold one especially. Yeah, the gold one especially. The gold one showed chicks that you had a couple bucks and you could yeah, take yeah, her yeah, out yeah. at least before you're going to go out. By the way, we will have an update 
on what chicks or women now do when they go out with men. And it is, it is disturbing to me. We'll move on that. But anyway, so what did the Phillies do? Matt Klentak talks. They go out and bring a pitching machine to the outfield during batting practice and had the pitching machine throw curveballs because these guys had a problem hitting everything. Joe Boo had a problem hitting the curveball, so then he had to sacrifice chickens right. in the clubhouse. You remember? Yes. And He's I'm now glad doing insurance commercials, of course, for Allstate. I'm glad that they're not sacrificing chickens in the clubhouse. I, uh, the Phillies were getting close. <laughs> they they sacrificed a bamboo plant in the club. They didn't sacrifice it. They just had a bamboo. I, I can't believe they didn't have like patchouli oil and crystals and coconut oil they and have, crystals. Like, crystals placed yeah. around. Yeah. Maybe play some Zen. And then maybe, maybe play some Enya in the clubhouse. Yes. And maybe they need to like do a saging. Yeah, get somebody in with a sage. Yes. Well, that was just Let's somebody. Just, like cover all the bases. I think we have tape of the sage being spread around the clubhouse. I can't get that stupid thing to go up there. Anyway, they said somebody brought sage in. You couldn't hear it, though. It was quiet. (laughs) I don't think sage makes noise other than the people coughing when they breathe it in. Not Sage Rosenfels, the former quarterback. That's great Sage Rosenfels knowledge here, Mr. Swedish Chef. So anyway, they go out, they bring a pitching machine out to throw the curveballs. Guys are taking, and then boom, Gabe Kapler, absolute no-nothing manager for the last seven games and probably for the last month, decides, hey, I'm not going to bat. <laughs> I'm going to mix up the lineup a little bit. Forget about Bryce Harper leadoff. Let me put Scott Kingery at the leadoff spot. Boom, two hits. Let me put Gene Segura back in the two-hole where he was tearing the cover off the ball earlier in the year when everything was great. Boom, four-hit night. Let's put, uh, let's put uh, Bryce Harper in the three-hole. Boom. Two more doubles. Drives in runs. Let's put Reese Hoskins back at cleanup. Boom. Home run. How about the uh, five through eight hitters? Eight for 17. Two walks. A home run. A triple. Four RBIs. Michael Franco, who plays sparingly, even though this guy, when confident, is one of the most unbelievable lower lineup. He was the best eight hitter in baseball earlier in the year when they had him down there. And it's not like they have a bench loaded with guys that they could put out there because Franco goes out when he gets in a groove and gets his head on straight and he feels confident. Nobody plays a better third base than Michael Franco. Last night, he flashed the leather. He slapped a three-run home run in a back-and-forth game that was hard to watch. Zach Eflin was terrible. We said it yesterday when my buddy Mike Puma was on. You have two pitchers out there who both suck against the team they were facing, so something had to give. So every inning, it was the Phillies would give up a couple of runs. Uh, Zach Eflin gave a up a couple of runs. Give and take game. Yes, it was. I mean, it was back and forth. I mean, if you don't care about your team, you're saying, "Wow, this is fun." And the other thing I said to Mike Puma I said, "Mike, remember when we used to play those 13 run pools where you would bet on a team somebody's going to score 13 runs tonight?" I said, "This is the year to do it." And then what happens? The Phillies go out and score 13 runs. So if you bet those 13 run pools. You were a winner last night because the Phillies finally broke open a game that was back and forth and back and forth. And Zach Eflin had the easiest win of his career. He sucked for five innings, got lit up all over the place. Zach Eflin, 11 hits, six runs, three home runs over five innings. He gave up home runs, those three home runs, on an 0-2 pitch, a 1-2 pitch, and an 0-1 pitch. 
He didn't have it last night. And he's one of those guys, you know, sometimes... Uh, sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And he was shit last night, but so luckily, so was the other guy. Mats. He sucked just as bad, if not worse. And finally, the Phillies broke this game open, and it was Michael Franco's home run that put this baby to rest when they went up 12-6, to and everybody went home happy. But that was a crazy game. And now all of a sudden, the Phillies put up 13 runs. They couldn't score 12 runs during their last 12 games combined. <laughs> now they scored 13 in one game. And so the question is, is this Phillies team back now? Because for all the hype and, yeah, wow, this team was great. We do this. It's a long season. Do you believe that that was the turning? It was doormats. That's right. Not Ken Matz, former WIBG newsman back in the day, for those of you who are old school like I am. So it was, a, it was a crazy game, and the Phillies win. Now, I'm not saying, oh, it's always going to be great. Again. They're going to just launch right back up into first place. The suggestion is we go crazy both ways. When a team's going bad and the Phillies were going bad, it's like, oh, they suck. This lineup's bad. Who are they? What were they thinking of? This is the same guys that were tearing the cover off the ball in the first couple of months. So how can teams that were bad, good, Suck become so bad, bad so fast. and then all of a sudden don't have talent. That's not the way it works in here. It's all up here. It's all up here, Robin. Now, you can bring out your trinkets, your amulets. Not an omelet, though, because you can't really have that in a clubhouse. Amulets. amulets. What did I say? Amulets? The amulets. Whatever you can bring out there. Every game, it's like, it's a great point, Trevor. Every game in baseball, remember back in the day, you didn't have expended post-game and pre-game shows in baseball because there's 162 games. You know, in football season, every Sunday, there's a lead-up to the big game, yeah, yeah, yeah. whether it's college or pro. Here in Philly, obviously, it's about the Eagles. Every city's about their pro team, unless you're a college town, and it's about your college team. And so you have a whole week to either rejoice or gloat or be pissed off about a football game. Every night now, you've got two-hour post-game shows after every game, win or lose. So anyway, relax. It's a long season. Does this mean the Phillies are breaking out of it? I don't know. Just run the same lineup out there tonight and see what happens. The Mets, meanwhile, they're a totally different story, as we told you yesterday with Mike Puma. Now the story today, the story in New York today is somebody in the front office, maybe the general manager, is phoning down what to do to the managers. Not since George Steinbrenner used to tell Brian Cashman what to do when he was the owner of the Yankees and still alive, and Brian Cashman ignored George Steinbrenner many, many times. Because one thing you don't want to do, if you're an employee, if you're on a radio station, you don't want somebody micromanaging your job from upstairs in the front office, right? Correct. No matter what you do, the worst thing, especially in my business, you're doing a job, somebody hires you to do a job, and then all of a sudden one day they decide, hey, you know, you're not doing what I want. You're not doing what we paid you to do. No, you paid me to do what I do, and I'm doing what I do. You know what I'm saying? What it is is what it is. Then all of a sudden, because you're on the hook, because you can't figure out how to fix a whole radio station, you're going to blame me for it. That's not how it works. Micromanaging doesn't work. No, it does not. Not when you hire a baseball manager in the dugout. If you have a baseball manager in the dugout and you have to make phone calls down from upstairs to tell him what to do, pitching changes, then just get rid of the manager. Yeah. Or come down and say, I want to be like, like Finley used to do. Come down and be player, manager, uh, owner, and manager of the team. And isn't that, that never works. Isn't that micromanaging as well? Yeah, but if you're the owner, you go down, then you're accountable for the mistakes. Yeah. The owner sits up. 
and he writes the checks, and he has a right to bitch because when he writes checks and his team doesn't perform, then he says, what are you guys doing for the money I'm paying you? Speaking of uh, coming down and, and telling you what's what, uh, Dan Hopman on Twitter is reminding that it wasn't Attila the Hun, it was Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan, that's right, Genghis damn it. Khan. And you and I have watched various Genghis Khan shows. That was, that was a bad job out of us. Genghis but Khan was the head of the Mongolians. Yes. And he tr- basically tried to take over the whole world, and he was getting close. And he only had horses and shit back then. No, he, he didn't had have elephants. nuclear. But I'm saying, but he didn't have jet fighters no. and nuclear weapons. Yeah, no, he was. He, he had was... horses and elephants, and he pretty much took over the entire entire country of China, which is China now, the Mongolian Empire. You know, and, and got Russia. Absorbed. He Russia, Russia. He was taking over. Yeah, he was coming to South Philly if they didn't stop him. He was going to take over the world. <laughs> I forget exactly what stopped him finally. But uh, Dan Hopman, you and anybody else that is watching on Periscope Twitter yes. right now, please make the switch to Twitch. Download the Twitch app. It is free to download, and then it is free to follow Bruno Nation Live, and that way you will be part of the chat room at all times, rather than me just occasionally remembering to go over to Twitter and check the messages there um, during the show. So yeah, d- Twitch is where it's at, yo. Make the switch to Twitch. We have the air conditioner installed yesterday, a busy day it's around actually, here. I'm a little chilly I'm now. not. I'm still hot. I'm I on. came down here all fired up today, Robin. Yes, you were. I came down here. I left nothing in the locker room. <laughs> actually, I probably left pretty much everything in the preparation room. I came down here yeah. visibly, visibly shaken. But then I saw the Italians were up one nothing, and then the chick scored another goal. The goalie's pretty hot, too. you got to say something about those Italian women. It's like all European or Latina women. Yeah. With all due respect to Amatagans. Duncan Dad is telling Trevor from the 203, <laughs> blondes and Asian women, is this heaven? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I saw some, oh, Netherlands versus Japan action is next, yo. Yes. I'll be watching them. I'll be checking them out. We may have to get some ramen, though, for that later on. I'll get a little hungry. You know, ramen's a big deal in Japan. It's a big deal here, especially for college right. kids. Who knew that the Japanese staple I has lived. now become what everybody who's been a poor, broke-ass college kid relied on for sustenance I every single day? I lived off of ramen for a long time, and I felt really, really rich if I could add stuff to it rather than just use the packages. Oh, yeah, you put all kinds of shit in there. No, no, no. Like, if you were really poor... That's all you had was the packages. But they had, like, the flavoring of the chicken. Yeah. Yeah, it was There's like, shrimp flavor, beef flavor, yeah, chicken exactly. flavor, whatever. Which I'm sure was not good for you. I mean, it's not oh, like... Oh, the sodium content oh, of that man. crap is through the freaking roof. By the way, on our history update, Doug McGregor points out, I think it was Attila the Hun who died from a bloody nose given to him from his wife on his wedding day. I, I think you're right about that. I, I think I remember something about that. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny because Genghis Khan... And they say Genghis, depending yes. on where you're from. Right. It's Genghis Khan. Who do you think invented the Mongolian barbecue in many malls in the food court? Oh, yes. You never go to a Khan's <laughs> Mongolian uh, barbecue? <laughs> that, totally. that, that big round-ass grill right it's in the middle fantastic. of the mall? Fantastic. Do they have those everywhere? Because I love Khan's. It's K-H-A-N, named after Genghis Khan. He's the man, ladies and gentlemen, while he was destroying lives and killing millions of people back in the day in Mongolia. He at least left us with a Mongolian barbecue to remember him by. And for that, we thank him. <laughs> Speaking of animals, we would like to point out the, that we are visited today. We got a full by, house or just two out of no, three? No, just the two out of the three. We have You Lily. know, two out of three ain't bad, Robin. <laughs> two out of three ain't bad, no. We have Lily up top. Lily's up on top of the couch. She's normally up here on the counter. Yeah, but, but I believe Luigi, who did this show here last night, must have left some sort of stank. 
that did not allow Lily to go up in her normal spot because she's always on that third mic location. She has her towel laid no, out no, there. I've got to be fair to Luigi, though. He was sitting in my position last night. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Usually, Lily is always on that desk. Yeah, that's true. But today, she chooses to go topside. Now, I wonder if it's because of the air conditioning. Maybe it's too cold for her. No, it's not yeah, too I'm cold. I'm a little chilly. Not me. Let me see. You have a bra on today, Robin? <laughs> yes. It's an outrage. It's not quite that nipply yet. <laughs> I, will, I will let everybody know if it gets there. <laughs> People still eat ramen. You can yeah. still, when you go to a store, you can buy a whole case of it. Well, no, we were told uh, under advisement from your doctor to not eat ramen anymore because of the sodium content. Yeah, but you don't put the so, you don't put the sauces in. You just use the noodles. Oh, you yeah, don't you well, t- throw out the packets. Then you add your own like fresh stock. Don't be using that. That the problem isn't the noodles. The noodles are good. The problem is. The fake little packets of yes. fake chicken stuff and chicken gizzards and chicken so dicks. Good. Put your own stock. And we always buy chicken stock. And we always have the beef, the vegetable, and the chicken stock to whip up some sort of good soups and whatever you need to do. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, enough about food, enough about geography, and enough about baseball. But I told you the Mets are a mess. We already know that. I Meanwhile, let's get down to the rest of the baseball, Robin. Because uh, the turkey's not done yet. The turkey's not done? Will, will I hear the pop, the thing pop up once? Yes. Because the temperature is just right now. We got it just right. Finally air conditioned. I'm not sweating. The only reason I was sweating because I came down here in an absolute rage. Not against the machine. It was against a couple of other machines. But anyway, I'm, I'm over it now. You see how I can shake things off, Robin? Yes. I've gotten good at it too, right? Yes, you have. I've taught you how to get over yes. it. Yes. And move on when something goes terribly, terribly wrong. Let it go. Let it go. It's a tad bit nipply. It is titty, t- titty and Taco Tuesday. Huh? It's our favorite combo mambo. Because a woman on Twitter who I follow, who calls herself Double D's, posted a picture. Now, again, I didn't ask her for the picture. I follow her. She posts a picture. Double D's. She said, it's Titty Tuesday. And then I wrote back to her, and I said, wait, why can't it be Titty and Taco Tuesday? Or Taco and Titty? You have the tacos first, and then you come back with the titties. It's like having the dessert, I mean, having the meal and then the dessert afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. I'm asking you as a woman, Robin, because I never had, I don't have man boobs yet. I don't, uh, I haven't lactated in a while. So I want to know what the deal is. (laughs) Forever? Have you ever lactated? You know what it's doing out there today, Robin? By the way, anyone. Wait wait a minute, wait. Let's get it ready. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. It is raining tacos. Open your mouth. What the hell is this from? Is this from uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs or something? No, no. It's an album of par- It's all these silly songs on this uh, Parry Grip album. I was looking for taco songs. Well, Not- you, you found one. Well, there's n- what's <laughs> better than raining tacos, tacos on Taco Tuesday? We used to get tacos every Tuesday when we worked in L.A. because there was correct. a Del Taco right near the studio. And we would load up. They were two for a dollar. I know. They were good. And they were the street tacos. The chi- really and good. I like the chicken soft tacos. Yes. I could eat 10 of those right now, Robin. It's Hoagie Fest. Is it Hoagie Fest at Wawa yet? I don't know. But I got to say, between Hoagie Fest and taco Del Taco Tuesday, Tuesday yeah, I like I gotta Taco go Tuesday. Me too. I love Taco I mean, Tuesday. Got to... Wait, oh, Robin. now here's a good question, yeah, Trevor from the 203. Now? Del Taco or El Pollo Loco? Totally different organizations. 
El Pollo Loco. When you go in and they're only on the West Coast, Midwest, obviously in Arizona, California, they got the big grill there and they everything is freshly made. Not that Del Taco does it, but when you order something from El Pollo Loco, they take the chicken breasts right there, chop them up, and they'll put them in a bowl, they'll put them in a taco. Del Taco and Taco Bell, you know, they they still make the, the chicken, but it's not the same. When you go into El Pollo Loco, you're getting fresh. Just right off the grill. So They're not sticking again. it in the freezer. Speaking of that, I have an update on fast foods today. Where I'm going to go El Pollo Loco if I want to have a really good taco bowl okay. or a really good bowl with fresh chicken. And, or a burrito. Or a burrito. And I've never even had a taco in El Pollo Loco. I think you do. You get the street tacos, the carnitas yeah, like and that. stuff. That's fine. By the way, fun fact on this Taco Tuesday. Americans eat 4.5 billion tacos a year. Yum. That's just here in Philadelphia, actually, I think. That's just me. That's like last night. Well, last night we didn't have tacos. We had quesadillas. Quesadilla. I could live on cheese quesadillas. And then sometimes, the one thing I don't want in any of my quesadillas or bowls, I don't want any beef. As much as I like, you give me beef, I don't want it shredded. Uh, Give me carnitas, which is pork that's shredded and it's beautiful. And give me chicken. I don't want any meats because I don't know what the hell's in those meats. And most of the time, they're like little chunks of meat that they put in there. Who the hell chunks their meat? Seriously. Meat is not meant to be made into cubes. cubes. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, no. When I see shredded. somebody spraying, when I see those trays, and I'm trying to get a quality quesadilla or bowl, get those damn chunks out of my face. Get the chunks out of my face right now. Give me that shredded carnitas. Give me the chicken. Get the meat out of there as much as I love the meats. We have the meats. Exactly right. Sorry about the, ca- the steak thing. Taco doesn't mean light lunch, does it? I don't, I don't know. I got to find out from my, uh, from my friends out there. Meanwhile, let's get back down to the business. So baseball, Yankees last night tied a major league record. 27 straight games now with at least a home run. Last team to do it. This, we're not, this is ancient history. It's like the Toronto Blue Jays in 2002. So the Yankees keep tearing it up. They won 10 to 8. Meanwhile, did you see what happened? I sent you this tape, I believe, Robin, in the Cubs game. Did you get that one? Post game uh, from the Cubs? Yes, I did. Okay. So let me set up the story. So the Cubs are playing the Braves last night. And obviously, you know, the Cubs are battling for first. They're in first place. It's a tight race with Milwaukee in the National League Central Division. The Braves have been on a hot streak. They were six and a half up on the Phillies. Cubs win the game last night 8-3, to three, and the Cubs were teeing off on Braves pitching. So give the Cubs credit. But that wasn't really the story. This is something I've never, ever seen before. We have two catchers in the game. Starting catcher for the Chicago Cubs, Wilson Contreras. Atlanta starting catcher, Tyler Flowers. They're just doing their thing behind the plate. They're catching their pitchers. So anyway, Contreras comes up. Hits a home run in the ball game. And then as he's circling the bases, and the Cubs are laying the smackdown on the Atlanta Braves, Contreras turns toward the Braves' dugout and says something to Tyler Flowers. All of a sudden, the bench is empty. The bench is empty because Contreras was accusing the home plate umpire, believe it or not, John Tompain, of giving Flowers, the Atlanta Braves catcher, a better 
framing of the pitches. You know how they put the little box now up when yeah. you show it? Well, obviously, the players don't see the box. No, because we see it on TV. Right. But the catchers know that one catcher may be getting an outside pitch. So basically, Wilson Contreras felt that the umpire was giving the Braves catcher, Tyler Flowers, a better framing of the strike zone as his team is getting lit up. So whatever he was framing, it wasn't helping the Braves because they got lit up. So anyway, the bench is empty. This is the first time I've ever seen the benches empty because two catchers were yapping at one another. And neither of them was in. The, one hit a home run and was going around the bases. The other one was sitting in the dugout. Cubs go on to win it. And then finally, Contreras uh, addressed the situation in the situation room, but Wolf Blitzer wasn't there. Uh, you know, Contreras uh, to right. What happened, Robin? Oh, it's buffering. Marcakis watches it go. A basket shot. Anyway, that's the play-by-play. Yeah, stop that tape there. Anyway, Contreras yeah, after I'm, the game. I'm putting it smaller so that it may be. Rizzo Flowers now having a conversation. Here it is. And here come the bullpens. Well, it looked like maybe Wilson had a word with Flowers. Yes, he did. Yeah, and then, and then I thought he to was looking dugout. at Will Venable, but maybe the Braves dugout. I don't know. Could turn around and look at Flowers right away here. Watch. Looks back at Flowers. Now, I don't know if something preceded that when he came up to hit. So nobody had any idea. And did you see uh, John Tumpain also came out of his position very quickly when that ball left the bat. So Flowers is obviously behind the plate. So when Contreras goes around, Contreras says something to the dugout, then says something to Flowers, and then the bench is empty. And as per usual in baseball, guys come running all the way out of the bullpens, everybody's on, have, and nothing happens. Even when they have no idea what's going on. It's unbelievable. You got two catchers yapping about the, the, the actual... Imaginary box. The imaginary box. Oh, what's in the box? The pitches are in the box. If, if the umpire is framing it to help the Braves catcher, how come the Braves are getting their asses handed to them by the Chicago Cubs? It makes no sense. It does not make sense. And the sense. best part is Joe Madden, after the game, the manager of the Cubs, was asked about it. He said, I find it amusing. You know why he found it amusing? Because the Cubs won. If the Cubs had lost, you know, they were just tattooing uh, Julio Tehran. We've seen some crazy shit go on in baseball. This one has to take the cake catchers yelling at each other over the umpire strike zone like the umpire like like the catchers have anything to do with it just get down there kneel down and catch the damn ball and don't let the other team hit balls because you're calling a bad game and the pitches aren't going where you want them to go how hard is that (laughs) is that nuts or what anyway we got to get to the big story robin that's the great yes len casper and Jim Deshays, former Major League Baseball pitcher, who I believe, let Jim Deshays pitch for everybody. Good guy, good broadcaster, by the way. Are the Chinese going to goon it up today? I hear they're bringing out counterfeit wait. soccer balls that have been altered. Wait, wait, wait. To we help have it to go ask in. The question. We have to ask the yes. question. Yes. What's the question? The question is is that racist? 
Why? It's suggesting that the Chinese may be using, <laughs> using AI. AI, not Alan Iverson. You know, because they've they've stolen a lot of our intellectual property. Except on this show, there is no intellectual property here. Where does the? I actually don't know. This is an honest to god question. Where does the word goon come from? Goon comes from uh, like hockey players back in the seventies when everybody was fighting. Really? The Broad Street Bullies were called goons. They'd have a couple guys that would go out and fight. So, but it came around long because before goonies that. was yeah. No, something. goons refers to like the mafia. You can call them goons. Ah. The hitmen would go out and beat somebody okay, up so or like kill a, somebody. It's like an Italian type thing. No, it's not Italian. A goon could be anybody. It's not a race thing. It's not. It's just the term goon means somebody who goes out and strong arms somebody else. Look it up. I don't know the actual. Web, Miriam Webster's dictionary term. Goon, a silly, foolish, or eccentric person. Uh, the North American uh, word for it is a bully or thug, especially one hired to terrorize or do away oh, with opposition. That's what I said. So you had the mafia voilà. goons. Didn't have to be the Italian mafia. You got goons now in street gangs. It's always that tough guy that has to go out and send the message. Hey, you're here on my drug corner. You get your ass out of here, or we're going to take you out. And then it usually happens the next night. Craig Berube was called a goon when he played for the Flyers. He just got himself a Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues. So goons were guys who were the tough guys, whether it was in sports. Like, for example, when Wayne Gretzky played, you know, he had his, and they didn't even have to be goons. He had guys that protected him. You don't hit Wayne Gretzky. And if anybody uh, went after Wayne Gretzky, the team would go after that guy. The tough guys would go after it. So that's where the term goon and hockey came from. Marty McSorley, Todd, I mean, the list is on and on and on. Sean Avery. The list, the goons now aren't, as, there aren't as many goons as there used to be. Because now tough guys can actually play. Back then, there were guys you wouldn't put out on the ice because you were afraid he was going to make a mistake and cost you a game and take a dumb penalty. Now, you know, tough guys can skate. Tough guys actually go out on the... They don't just go out for the, ex, the express purpose to go out and take somebody out or retaliate for something stupid, for the most part. Dave Brown. I mean, the list, everybody knows. The list goes on and on and on. But goonery and hockey, to those people who don't follow the sport and just say, oh, it's nothing but a bunch of goons out there. No, it ain't. Hockey is not a goon sport. It's, a, it's an incredibly gifted athletic sport where you have to be on the fly jump over a bench and go out there and get into the play and make sure everything's right. So that, that's the people who don't know. Exactly. Tanya Harding was a goon. Actually, it was Jeff Galuli was her goon. Remember, Tanya Harding is the one who hired Jeff Galuli to go out there and hit what's-her-face's kneecaps. That's a goon. Jeff Galuli. Goon. You got it right now? Not the goonies. I don't know why they call them the goonies. They weren't really goons. They were a bunch of kids. What about Goomba? It not, has nothing to do with it. Goomba means Italian, or you play Mario Kart too much, and you play too many Mario games. Anyway, enough about that and the goonery. See how we get things solved on this show, Robin? Somebody asked a question. You asked a question, I believe. Yes. And I gave you the answers, and they were the correct answers. But the first uh, definition is total bullshit. Because what was the first definition again of goons? Oh, uh, a silly person. Silly per- people aren't goons. Tomfoolery. That's the old English. That would, that I I mean, that would mean I am a goon. Uh, yeah. Do I engage in goon tactics on this show? Do I threaten anybody? Sometimes. I threaten the mayor of Philadelphia, but not yeah, with physical yeah, yeah. harm. No. 
And I don't even threaten him. I just point out the idiocy of our elected officials because I pay their salaries. I'm a taxpayer. I have that right. Although a lot of people don't think we have the right to say anything about anything anymore unless you agree with their point of view. But we've already discussed that. We want to say hello to AJ in San Antonio. Hello. His blurp soundboard, which I really need to work on. He's silly to me, too. As AI once said. And thank said. you, Don Collins, 100 bits. I, I try to tell everybody thank you for all the bits. It's but funny to me, too. Yes. There's so many in between, and, and I don't want to interrupt you when you're on That's the okay. I should stop whenever I hear that sound, that magical sound of someone, what's the term, cheering us bits. Yes. In the bit jar. Thank you. And, thank you very much. Um, I hope everybody brought a friend, a new friend, a new friend to the show. Exactly. We like new people. Phone a friend. We like meeting new people. We like seeing new people. And if you are new and you're watching and you haven't commented yet, mm-hmm. um, we can't see who's in here unless you actually make a comment. We can see that there's all these viewers, uh, but we can't see you until you make a comment. So at least say hi. Say hi. Wave. Do the... Uh, yeah. Do the... What do you call it? Wave. The Fortnite wave. That's the big thing now. The Fortnite wave. You into the Fortnite wave? By the way, we are now in the 86th minute. And what's interesting to note in this... Italy versus China game is that when you hear when you see a two nothing score, you hear that a game is two nil. You're thinking, wow, the Italians are just dominating the game. They're not. Time of possession, not time of possession, but possession on one side of the field favors China. Shots on goal favor China. The Chinese have outshot the Italians nineteen to twelve and have no goals to show for it. That means that that is a very good goalie. Exactly. Well, she's Italian. You know what they say. After she's done, you know what the first thing she'll say to all the girls? What's that? Tutti a tavola. Oh, mangiare. They got a pot of gravy cooking right now. The meatballs are racking. It's in the locker room. The pizza oven set to 900 degrees. We had some nice... um, A little prosciutto, maybe. How about the spread? The Italian girls will bring out the spread. The Chinese are right in front of the net. Oh, and another save. The Italian goalie is standing on her head. Her ass, her knees, her boobs, anything she can stand on. She's the real MVP. She's pretty hot, actually, too. She's got thick thighs, though. Oh, she got padding on there. <laughs> Love the Italian chicks. They got blue uniforms, and then the goalie has to wear the green, Robin. Uh-huh. I don't get when goalies wear... I know they have to wear a different color. Right. But why not wear a color that's pertinent to the country? You know what I mean? If the, if the team... If the Italians... Red, white, and, and green, right? Yes. So you got red, blue. Why don't? Why doesn't the uh, the goalie wear red? Because well, the Chinese be, women have exactly. red, red, uh, so then, orangish, red uniforms. But uh, the goalies, they've always like they, the Dutch goalies are always they always wear oh, like ridiculous totally colors. It's, it's now we got an Italian chick down. I think, and then the Chinese people. This could get ugly. I could see the benches emptying in this game. I could see the Chinese and Italians. Launching World War Three, and I believe we have now our military keeping a close watch on this, because you know the Chinese have nuclear weapons, Robin. Yes. The Italians, not so much. Hey, um, <laughs> we have a a name that I'm not recognizing. K B R Y ninety six. How would you say that? Cabri. 
Cabria? I don't, I don't know. know. It's, it's, it's initials, Robin. I know. I, I always like to try to make it into a name, you know, like license plates that spell out something. Like the ones in it... California that say Kawhi. Yeah. But uh, Nation. he is pointing out that Harry and Aton are live on Twitch now Absolutely. as well. Um, but they are on like right now. And yeah. so we have conflicting time periods. And so they're doing their own show and over the air in New Jersey on 98.3. Well, they're saying that they sh- we should bring them in sometime. Um, as a joint effort, we should. I don't know. Do they take phone calls? Yeah, of course. I, I think so. We should call them. Should we call up and like? <laughs> can we spoof them? I'll call and say Frank Rizzo. I can pretend I'm a jerky boy. Cabri ninety six. If you know what is their phone number, if they're taking phone calls. Wait a minute. AJ Bruno twenty nineteen just uh, checked in. He is subscribed now. Is that me or is that my son? He wrote the farm. Boom. Well, unless you have an alternate personality that you don't know what they are doing at the moment, then I'm assuming... It's K-Bry. K-Bry. K-A-Y-B-R-Y. K-Bry. See, that's what I was... I, was, I said close to it. K-Bry. I don't get the, the farm boom comment. Bet the farm? Maybe? Come on, Tony. No, seriously. Oh, did he bet the farm on the Italians? And the Italians are now doing their... Uh, they're not doing the Florida. We are. We're, it's great to be a Florida game. They're just chap, they're clapping because they know we are now entering the 90th minute and the domination of the Italian nation is going on strong right now. The Chinese look angry, perplexed, discombobulated. Actually, it's pretty hard to tell what the, what the expressions are. <laughs> All right, enough about that. Oh, I have an update. You have an update, and I, I've confirmed, reconfirmed. This is breaking the news. Yes, this is breaking news. Did Gary get back to us? Um, so this was FP Junior that got back. FP Santangelo. Because yes. yesterday, remember, we told you on the show. You may have seen it over the weekend, all over social media. Gary Radnich of KNBR six eighty, also a TV star, did sports forever in, in San Francisco, born in the Bay Area, announced over the weekend on Twitter that he was retiring after 36 years of radio and TV in the Bay Area. Gary and I go back, way back, we spent 17 years together every single day. I would do a segment with him, no matter where I was working. I still had another job. I always uh, had that carve-out at 11 a.m. Pacific time to call Gary, whether I was with Mike Golick when I was back at ESPN in the early 90s, all the way up until a couple of years ago. When management changed and a new company came in and they decided to start uh, changing things up, and that's fine. That was their decision. But now Gary, I've been trying to contact him. I've been going back and forth on Twitter, but he doesn't really, I don't believe he's running his Twitter feed. And that's fine. A lot of people don't. I really am on my Twitter feed. Some people don't want to be on their Twitter feed. and have people that handle it. Robin sometimes on the Twitter feed, but I know it's gone. Sometimes, uh, Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Exactly. I hope this game's over soon. I really need a massage, says Bob from Valley Forge. You got an Italian masseuse? Don't go down to, uh, to Florida and go to the Orchids of Asia. They'd be pissed off right now if you went in there because China's losing. I don't know if they're Chinese. I don't know which part of Asia they're from. I don't think they'll be happy right now. Bob Kraft isn't even down there anymore. He says, I'm staying away from that joint. We got four extra minutes, but we are now in the 92nd minute in extra time, and it, they're going to have to really pull out all the stops, throw some ramen on the field, do something. The Italian goaltender comes all the way out to the 18-yard box, makes a diving save. Giuliani, not Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor of New York, 
Rudy Giuliani is not the American goalie, although I believe he will be filing a lawsuit immediately after the game for some stupid reason about Donald Trump or something. So it looks like it's going to be over, Robin. It looks like the Italians are going to advance to the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup. Can we give them a roaring round of applause? Yes. I may have to find an appropriate Italian song here. The longest ass. I need it to stretch out because I'm looking online. I need to find an Italian song, Robin. How about I have an Italian song? Well, how about Volare? Something. Just give me something. Or how about the uh, Not the Vaffanculo song. No, no, no. <laughs> this is a happy moment, Robin. Vaffanculo is if you lose and you're mad and you got to say. Vaffanculo, uh, You only say that when you're mad, not when you're happy. This is happy, happy joy time. Now the, I'm I'm seeing Volare and it's it's by Wayne Newton. Does that does I want that the work? Domenico bon, uh, Verdugo song. The what? <laughs> the what? The original. I have I have the Luciano Pavarotti Volare. No, I, I, I don't want that one. I have. Let's see. There's Dean Martin. That's a good one. That one's a good one. But the original guy who did that, I believe his name was uh, Domenico Verdugo or something like that. But I have the, how about, how no, about we it's just... for din- uh, Domenico Modugno. That's who did it, Domenico the original. Domenico Modugno. Here, I'll play it right now. Let's crank it up. Oh, I have it right here. I got it right now. Okay. Just bring it up, please. This is the original. We go, we kick it old school on Modugno. Mr. Volare. Give me a little organ now. Mi dipingevo le mani e la faccia di tu. Poi d'improvviso venivo dal vento rapito. Final 15 seconds. E incominciavo a volare nel cielo infinito. And now the Chinese are still gonging it up, gonging it up. Volare! Cantare, Robin. Oh, 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 oh. dipinto di blu, felice di stare lassù. Lassù. E volavo, volavo, felice, più in alto del sole ed ancora più su. Mentre il mondo piangeva. Stick in Chinese, they're doing the sweeping the knees. Late. Talk about goonery. Now they're bringing out a stretcher for one of the Italian chicks. If only I were there to be able to massage that throbbing thigh. Sweep the knees. I want everybody to go out there and take out the Chinese right now. I like this. This is the original, Robin. I like this version. That's it's the one I grew up with. And That's then Dino did the second one. That's why. But wait, it is a final now. It is a final. The pasta's in the air. The ramen noodles. The fettuccine. The spaghettini. It's all flying all over the place. <laughs> the lasagna pies. In, oh man! In the face. Take the cannoli. Leave the Chinese. All right. <laughs> 
That's right. Throw your penny in the air like you just don't care. <laughs> I need pasta tonight, Robin. <laughs> Put on the pot of water right now, everybody. I'll go make some gravy in my spare time, Tony. This is why he's known as Mr. Volare. Exactly. I now understand. Domenico Modugno. Doug McGregor says, I tossed the pizza dough. Just don't toss the salad to later then. And you know, you eat the salad after you eat the pasta in Italian, in Italy. Did you know that? Yes. Everybody now. When the Italian players go and shake the hands of the Chinese players, says AJ in San Antonio, questioning, will they hope that their first child is a masculine child? <laughs> See, that's an old uh, godfather line. Oh. May your first child be a masculine child. Well, that's the only way they like him in China, apparently, right? They don't want more women. I don't know if they still do that. I don't know they... But one of the things in China was, if a person was pregnant, a female was pregnant, they did not want more well, females. Well, Correct. Two There's twofold. One, it, the reason why was that they were limited to one child, and if they were going to only be allowed to have one child, they wanted it to be male because the male would carry on the line. But then if you don't have enough women, then how do you continue the species? Therein lies the question. Bob from Valley Fortress. apparently they had no problem with that. First of all, <laughs> violation, Bob. Bob says he doesn't have any pasta around the house. What house in any race, religion, color, or creed would not have a box of rigatoni somewhere. Well, and Every said, time you go to the supermarket, you get Ronzoni for 99 cents. You said, can get my pasta for a dollar a pound. He said, I don't have any pasta, mm. so I tossed a pierogi. <laughs> 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 That's Polish. Come on, man. Let's try to keep it indigenous to the peoples of Italy. No, we have <laughs> big... Wait a minute. Let me see if I got this big. Big perm sherm. He says, ah, There's still big no. perms out there? Big perm sherm. What's a good song for the communist demise? That's a good question. I'll have to go into my communist... Uh, get Bernie Sanders on the phone. We'll find out there. What was the With Russia... To Russia with love? From Russia with love. Oh, from but Russia. But that wasn't about the Russia demise. No, but... Get the AOC on the phone. I want to know about concentration. She knows all of this stuff. All these politicians know everything, even though they're like 27 years old, for God's sake. Robin, why do they have Orange spelled wrong in the Dutch? O-R-A-N-J-E. Because that's how you or how you spell it in Dutch. Oranje. I hate to do it to you him. You don't say je. You say oranje. Oranje. Exactly. K. Bry writes, My mother-in-law would have a stroke if she came over and there was less than five boxes of pasta in the cupboard. Totally agree. We have a whole... In, back in our main, our, our bodega here in the Bruno Wine Cellar, I insist that we have three Tupperware containers constantly filled, sort of like a doomsday bunker. And what do you have to have in your doomsday bunker? You got to have pasta product. You got to have staples, right? Yes. I got mac and cheese. What else do you? Because that stuff doesn't go bad unless you buy the cheese pack that's already in there. That shit goes bad. Or unless those stupid freaking flower weevils that somehow. Well, that's why we have them in. That's why we have to put them 
in zip and not in Ziploc, but in the contain Tupperware but containers. Even, but they can sometimes crawl in there after a while, and if they get once they get in, they proliferate. So that's how come we not the bowl weevil. It looks it looks like I just like scattered cocaine all over. I know Robin puts this uh, diatomaceous earth everywhere. Diatomaceous earth. Diatomaceous earth, which is this white powder. It looks like yeah, we have a cocaine party going on <laughs> in our kitchen. I buy this. I buy this biodegradable, non toxic. Spray but that kills sticky. insects. It's not sticky. What? So a powder all over the kitchen counters is going to be a lot easier to clean than a couple of sprays in the corners oh, where the know, where the I ants know, are coming in from outside seeking water but and see, food. Even that spray, though, we don't want it on food. The diatomaceous earth is perfectly fine to have on food. It's actually healthy. Not if you have to clean it up, Robin. Seriously, it looks like you were making pasta in there. You know when you throw the you know when you throw the flour all over grandma used to throw the flour all over the counter yes. and get the rolling pin out. It looks like I was really hard at work. <laughs> but for those of you who do not know the wonders of diatomaceous earth, it diatomaceous is, earth is a real is, thing. It is uh, you need to get food grade diatomaceous earth. You can buy not it nuclear big, grade or, no, or yes. food grade. It is it is actually healthy. It is silica and it's good for your gut. It's good for animals. You can add it to their food. It helps them with their uh, intestinal. And stuff. if you're going to the Dominican Republic. For vacation, take some with you and put it in the booze bottles if you're in the mini but, bar. But here, here's what people don't realize: diatomaceous earth, because it's silica, um, and it's white. So it's you're white. thinking like earth, flour. you're throwing no. dirt. It's not dirt. It's it looks like plain old flour, and you can put it, sprinkle it around your bedposts if you have uh, bed bug problems. Any type of animal, ants, uh, roaches. Bed bugs, uh, flower weevils, anything with exoskeletons, it literally... What about gigantic tarantulas that crawl into your kitchen? I have not tried it yet on okay. that since I haven't had that experience. But I don't... Is, is a tarantula... They don't have an exoskeleton, do I they? I don't know. I don't know. But... It, this it, is too much science on the show today, Robin. Just so that you know, it cuts them up from the inside out. <laughs> and silica... Is plant based? Yes. According to Tony R. He's, that's right, because that's what it is. Yeah. It's pl- everything's plant based. Yes. We're plant based, I think. Yep. Or many of us rely on plants, but, uh, especially but, those who smoke the wacky tobacco. But any animal or any insect that is a has an exoskeleton, it's mm-hmm. like they get doused. Like the X Men, do they have exoskeletons it, in the X Men? I don't know. It gets it's it's as if they get doused in little shards of glass, and it just cuts them all up from the inside out. It's fantastic. Wow! Wow! Gets wow, rid of them wow, like that. Exactly. You're a murderer, Robin. I don't give a shit. If they come into my kitchen, they're dead meat. I may have to play something now. What are you going to play? Why don't you just have me look it up rather because than I you... Because I know the song and I don't have to tell you and then pass it. I'm, not, I'm eliminating the middleman. Oh. <laughs> oh, we're playing it again? No, because when I pulled up Volare... It pulled up everybody who's ever recorded it. But I was looking for the one specific thing. So when you pull it up on Amazon Music, <clears throat> it then goes to the next song, right? which is everybody else who's recorded Volari. Yes. But I told you the best one. The Netherlands and Japan, Robin. Now, will you be watching this game and wearing orange? How come you're not wearing orange today? <clears throat> uh, this is a good question. You know, I I, you know what I love? I love those I'm orange. I'm so cold, though. I might actually run upstairs. Put on your Netherlands. Yeah, yeah, put on your sweater. I might have to run and go get it. But what and pass the duchy uh, from the left on side. What was right the down. song that you were looking for so I can look it up for I'll you? I'll look it up, Robin. Oh, but see, then you have to stop talking. No, I'm doing You can talk. That's why you're here. You talk and you fill. Oh, it's called I'm, filler. Oh, I'm a filler. I got it. I'm filling you up. Hey, 
No, that's what happens on two-person shows. <clears throat> like when you go upstairs and get the Amazon package because the Amazon person's at the door, I keep talking. If I stop talking because you had to go up, guess what would happen, well, I don't Robin? I stop talking. If I stop talking <laughs> when you go upstairs to get the Amazon package at the door... When we do our... Oh, what's in the box? Oh, what would happen Swedish to the chef? chef says, Miss Robin, I didn't have time yesterday to get to your Gabe Kapler request. That's okay. We I don't need it, it now. No, he has it. He did it. He did it? Yes, he did. Because it's not really... Well, <clears throat> it's not really appropriate anymore. But we could plan it because he did all the hard work. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to pull it up. While, so, so this was the Gabe Kapler. We had John Boy underscore, at John Boy underscore, who did a fantastic uh, lip-reading... No, that's not what he put back together. It was a it was a Gabe Kapler oh, it was his, his, post game yes, commentary, yes. which I played yesterday when he was when they lost their seventh straight game, and I said, you know what that sounds a lot like? It sounds like when we played this sound. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. And so the Swedish chef, when he's not cooking in the kitchen, Swedish meatballs and lingonberry and all the other accoutrement that you can get at IKEA for like five dollars, but then for for another dollar. Or is it two dollars now? You can add ten more meatballs. And my recommendation: when you go to IKEA for the Swedish meatballs, spring for the extra ten, because those babies are small. Robin never springs for the extra ten, but I do. Why is that, Robin? She always says, "Give me more lingonberry." Can I have a little more extra lingonberry juice on the Swedish meatballs or sauce? I like the lingonberry too. I hate cranberry sauce. I know. I love weird. lingonberry Isn't sauce. I don't know weird? why. I like cranberry juice. But that's only to splash into the my vodka product. The is a little bit sweeter. Okay, here we have the Gabe. He's calling it Gabe Kapler Fever, brought to you by the Swedish chef. Let's go to the tape. Ebbs and flows. It's times of performance and times of successes. And it's, it's not one thing in, in particular. Sometimes it's lack of execution. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes the hitter kicks our ass. Sometimes it may be good. It has to get better. I mean, that's what this game is all about. Sometimes it may be good. Ebbs and flows. It's times of performance and times of successes. And Sometimes it may be shit. I don't care to label it. Sometimes it may be good. Performance and... Fever. And it has to get better. <laughs> oh, let's put your hands together, everybody. That was brilliant work once again. A man who spends his days as the Swedish chef, mixing up and slapping it up and flipping it and slapping it in the oven. He's got he's got the uh, What's the thing again called that you put in the broiler? It's always a salamander. When he's not putting in something to get browned El Forno in the salamander in his chef, his kitchen, he's putting together and whipping together quality, quality remixes at no additional charge. That's a great job. That's a masterpiece indeed, D'Amico. The Swedish chef, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to have to invite him to the house to make him some Italian food. And we'll sing some Italian songs, like Saturday in the Park with Chicago. Remember they mentioned that in the song, singing Italian. We may have to play theme from an Italian restaurant by Billy Joel. Oh, I love that. After the Italians won today, I don't. I believe we're understating the magnitude of, of this Italy two 0 win over the over the true threats to our democracy 
communist China, Robin. This is like, this is the equivalent of the U.S. men's hockey team in Lake Placid taking down the Soviet Red Army en route to the gold medal, Robin. Italy taking down China. I just can't understand how people just don't get the significance of the beautiful sport. Let's have a bottle of red. No bottles of white, though. I'm sorry. No, it's good on a hot day during the daytime. Yeah, the white's got to be chilled, though. And then Billy Joel has to grab the piano and sing. A bottle of white. That's how you talk it up, Robin. A bottle of red. Perhaps a bottle of rosé. No, 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 Rosé. He did, but ahead of his time. Now everybody yeah. wants Rosé. At a table near the street In our old familiar place You and I face to face mm-hmm. A bottle of red A bottle of white It all depends upon your appetite Nobody fakes piano playing better than me, Robin. Meet you anytime you want in our Italian restaurant. Hey, give me another slice over here. Hey, yo. Where's the damn calamari for the table that I ordered a half hour ago? <laughs> Dunkin' Dad, Brenda and Eddie, where you at? Things are okay with me these days. Got a good job, I got a good office. I got a new wife, got a new life, and the family is fine. Oh, lost touch long ago. I'm not sweating like Billy Joel does at the piano. I I'm he getting big is like I'm getting so big like Billy nice Joel. So much time. Do you remember those days hanging out at the village green? This could be my favorite Billy Joel song ever. And he's had so many great songs. I watched Not because I'm Italian. He was on um, what's that show, The Actor Studio? Inside the Actor Studio. Inside the Actor Studio where he talks about how he wrote this song. It's freaking brilliant. Was he in an Italian restaurant? We was at Il Vagabondo in New York, which is now closed. I know. One of our so favorite sad. places. It's an outrage. But no, it, he talks about how he just did a complete... It, this is like two different songs in one because of the chord changes and everything. It's just unbelievable how he put it all together. If, if anybody's a fan of Billy Joel, look it up. Billy Joel on Inside the Actor's Studio. It's like two hours, I think. What was his favorite curse word? I don't remember. Um, I don't remember either. They always do that at the very end. Brenda and Eddie were the popular steadies and the king and the queen of the farm. Riding around with the car top down and the radio if you don't, If you don't think I'm the greatest Nobody fake... Piano player of all time. Robin's got to post a video later of me at a friend's place in his beautiful home up on the main line last year. And I sat at the 
at the piano, and people thought I was actually playing the song and singing along, Robin. Yes. That's how good I was. Was Did, it, did I not nail it? People everywhere, they're like, wow, Tony, we had no idea you could play the piano. And you're like, I can't. <laughs> I've learned by watching a lot of bad actors pretending they're playing the piano in movies. But there's a lot of actors who actually can No, play. I know, but there's a lot that can't. Yeah. So you see their face like I'm doing here, and you think, but then when they do the close-up yeah. of the hands, it's actually a real piano player right. play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But this was an act, this was no trick photography on my piano playing session right. at that big party we went to. Yes. Like a year ago, right? Or was that two years ago now? Uh, I think it's been two years now. What was the song I sang? I don't even know. Oh, I know what it was. The In Crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was yeah, I'm yeah. In With The In Crowd. Yes, 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 yes. Not yes. by Dobie Gray. It was the original version. I'll see if I can find okay. it. You got to play that, right? But in the meantime, we should we should probably go on. I'm good at faking it. Thank you. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right, let's move on now to serious business. Let's get Billy Joel out of here. Oh, I can listen to the song all day, Rob. Goodbye, Billy Joel. We love you. He was just here again. The guy never stops touring. He's like the Who, except actually people go see Billy Joel. The Who can't even fill up half of a stadium anymore. He's amazing. For who? For what? It was. It was Ramsey Lewis's original version of The In Crowd by the Ramsey Lewis Trio. That's good job out of you, Bartco24. You remember that, Robin? We had a party. What was that party about? It was hot and humid. There were thunderstorms. I think it, it was, was a birthday. It, it was, was a birthday party. It was a birthday party. It was Jim from Villanova's birthday party. That's right. A guy who used to call the show when I was on local radio here, who called himself Jim from Villan Jim from Radnor. I'm sorry, Jim from Radnor was his call-in name. But he actually lived in Villanova. He just wanted to throw people off so they wouldn't find out who he was. And he has a buddy who's a friend of ours out in San Francisco. And they invited us to his party. So I got to finally meet Jim from Radnor slash Villanova, and we went to his beautiful house. It was a great party. It catered the food. I mean, it was top shelf, Robin. I mean, you know it's going to be an amazing party when there's like a freaking basketball court inside somebody's house. Exactly. And yeah, this is a beautiful house. This is how real successful people live. They're not in a basement in South Philadelphia with a $99 air conditioner stuck in the window. <laughs> and we're happy just to call them friends. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so everybody's having a lot, of, a lot of wine that night, Robin. A lot of wine. Great wine, too. Yeah. Uh, and so at the end of the night, when you've had, you know, I started getting in. So they started playing music over their incredible sound system in the house, built-in speakers. And then the song, I'm In With The In Crowd, by Ramsey Lewis Trio, starts playing. And I sat down and put on maybe the greatest fake performance ever at the piano. Victor Borga would have been proud of me. You remember Victor Borga, Robin? I do. You're that old? Was it, was it Borga or Borja? Yeah, we call him Victor Borga. He was a comedian. He played the piano. He did funny shtick back in the day. You can find his videos. It's all over there. There was no Mad Dog. There was no Rosé. It was just great reds and great whites. Not sharks. They were down in the next community. Not in Villanova. <sighs> I didn't go to Yukon. Tony, I didn't know you went to Yukon. Thought you went to college in California. No, I'm with the temple. I didn't go to Yukon. And I didn't go to college in California. I went to Temple. I could have gone anywhere. Harvard, Stanford, Pencotech, Aircotech, 
DeVry University, University of Phoenix Online, I chose Temple. And Bernie Sanders didn't even have to pay for it. How about that, Robin? How about that? How about that? Or someone else once said, Like my asshole. How about that? Exactly. By the way, uh, you notice I haven't mentioned the NBA award show last night. Not because I don't like the NBA. And there were some touching moments. But not uh, hardly any USA players won. It was yes, they did, Giannis. I mean, no. The, what do you mean hardly any USA players won? I, I heard that it was mostly given, all, most of the awards were given out to, to European and playing elsewhere players. They were all NBA players, Robin. It was the NBA awards. No, so this is what it said. The headline, I didn't actually get to read. I saw Giannis. It was tearful. It was good. But I'm not watch, I don't watch any award shows, even ones that I'm involved in. I never even watched me getting an award. Why would I watch all these award shows? Listen, you can watch them. I don't tell anybody what to do, what to watch, what to think. I don't have a Yukon diploma behind me on the top. Where's a Yukon diploma? Oh, here it is. So the, it, this is the headline. It says, if the 2019 NBA awards prove anything, it's that the talent's truly gone global. Absolutely. That's why the NBA is great, because here it is, and we always talk about this. The NBA has always been a great league, always had the best players. Now, fast forward from the 60s, when it was all Americans, to now when you've got the entire world to choose from. And that's what's surprising me, because despite having the entire world's talent base, from every country on the globe, Africa, from every continent, you name it, the best players are all here. So even despite, despite that, you still have teams that can't field 15 good players. 15 good players on each team. Are there 15 players on each team? Yeah. Are all of them great players? No, and that's the way it is. I mean, usually you have eight, nine good players, and the rest of the guys are bench guys. But the bottom line is, with all of this talent to choose from around the world, there are still teams that stink on ice, and they're not even playing hockey where you're supposed to stink on ice. I don't see a... Where am I seeing a UConn diploma, Robin? Am I missing something here? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I've been to UConn. I've been to the campus. Joe D'Ambrosio, the voice of the UConn Huskies, is a great friend. I don't see any diplomas. I see Hennessy... I see a monkey knife fight, your logo. I see my little, uh, what's this guy's called now from the? The, um. Oh, I just <gasps> dropped him. Oh, no, ladies and gentlemen. Did you break him? No. You... Please tell me you didn't break him. No. No, he's alive. Okay, thank God. What's this sucker's called now in the Star Wars, the latest uh, version of uh, R2-D2? Um, Tony Solorzano brought this yes. over. Yes. I don't like it up there because it's a very... Luckily, I didn't break it and smash it into a million people. His head is still moving. Look, he's alive, everybody. No robots or droids have been injured during today's Tony Bruno Nation live show. What's this dude's name? Doesn't it on the front? No, it doesn't have his name on I should know it. It's, it's, it's the guy with the new version of R2-D2. Anyway, enough about that. Let's get back down to the business. So we got all the stuff... Robin will be giving you updates on the, uh, the Dutch versus Japan round of 16 game in soccer action this afternoon. 
So if I type in Tony Bruno and piano, yes, of course it brings the actual musician Tony. Yeah, because there's a drummer named Tony Bruno. Yes, there's a DJ named Tony Bruno. The one of the New York one of the New York Yankees executives named is Tony Bruno. The general manager of Disney Disneyland Hotels in Anaheim so many was named them. Tony. I don't know if he's BB, still there. BB Eight. BB Mac. BB Eight. That's it. That's what it is. BB Eight. BB Eight. What? You get it, Robin? You get it? Get out! Get out! All right, let me get to the serious story. Because everybody's talking about this. It was all over Twitter last night. And in Kansas City, Missouri, or Missouri, depending on where you're from, a local sports radio talking head, and there are a lot of them. I'm one of them. His name is Kevin Keatsman. He works at Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. Now, he talks a lot about the Chiefs. Because obviously the Chiefs are a big deal. Right. Andy Reid's their coach. They've had all kinds of issues. They had two players get in trouble. Kareem Hunt, one of them, was released. And then Tyreek Hill got in trouble. Mm -hmm. And then they've been straightening that situation out, going through the the legal process, where if everything's cleared, he will have the right to play football again. That's how it works. Same thing with Michael Vick. And I've always been, you do the time, you do the crime. If somebody wants to hire you and everything has been settled in the court of law, not the court of public opinion, because nothing is ever settled in the court of public opinion. So Tyreek Hill, there was a story mm-hmm. yesterday that yep. Tyreek Hill could be ready to return to the Kansas City Chiefs roster in time for training camp next month. So obviously, you're in Kansas City. That's a big story. The NFL, it's a big story. You're wanting to know how people react, and people will be against it and be for it. That's the way the world works. My opinion's always been Michael Vick did heinous things with dogs. He went to jail. He came out. He was eligible to play again. And Jeffrey Lurie of the Eagles gave him a chance to play. We were on the air that night in Los Angeles doing a big gala, and we had every conceivable major name in sports right there, from Magic Johnson to NBA players to, to NFL players. Everybody there came onto the show, including Magic, including a lot of NBA players, Rick Fox, all reacting, and a lot of NFL players were there too. Right. Warren Moon reacting to Michael Vick getting a job again in the National Football League. And obviously, Jeffrey Lurie and the Eagles took a lot of heat over this for making the decision. So he felt that it was in the world of law, which we try to abide by in this country in some cases, Michael Vick had a chance to get hired. He got hired. So now you got Tyreek Hill, who now is going through the legal process. I'm getting a call from Maryland now. I'm not answering that. I'm sorry. Where, where is it from? Maryland. Uh, yeah. My Maryland. It's probably the governor down there. Anyway, so the question is, will he be reinstated? Will he have to sit out eight games? That all will be determined by the league and the NFL and the team. So yesterday, this guy who I've never heard of, Kevin Keitzman, that doesn't, there's a lot of people I haven't heard of. There's a lot of people who haven't heard of me. I'm not knocking the guy. Unlike Deadspin, by the way, which is now a basically the worst garbage website on, and, and they're obviously flailing away now. Deadspin used to be a big deal, but now with so many sites similar to it where their job is just to mock everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mock everything. Well, I don't like this guy. I don't know Des- him. Deadspin used to break real yeah. news. Now they just have a bunch yeah. of bitter writers clinging to some sort of relevance to just mock everything. And the one clown in there today, and I'll get to him in a minute, but I want to get to the story yes. and then I'll rip Deadspin. What a joke they are. So this Kevin Keatsman. So he goes on the air yesterday. 
during is- a show. Now, remember, when, you, when, when this story broke last night that the tape got out, people didn't even hear the tape. All they saw was the radio guy in Kansas City uh, impugns uh, Andy Reid's dead son trying to make a comparison to how he reacts to his, ba- to his players and his own family, conflating the two, basically saying that he didn't care about his son and he doesn't care about and can't manage. Right. He can't handle his own family right. and make sure everything's okay. So therefore, he can't manage his own team because two of his players ran afoul of the law. Right. Two adult men of 53 on his roster, he somehow is supposed to be responsible for those guys. So I'm thinking this guy's just another raving, loud, screaming, fat slob radio guy, mm-hmm. which there are a lot of, and a lot of skinny, dorky, emaciated well, radio let's guys. Just, the loud, obnoxious radio guy. Let's. It doesn't matter, but yeah. it, this guy happens to be rotund, and not that it matters. Cause I'm not about fat no shaming anybody, but he's exa- he looks exactly the way I thought he would look yeah. like. But that doesn't sound like I thought he would sound like, because when I heard and saw the quotes, I'm thinking, no, oh, he's just another one of these loud. You know, um, yeah. and there's a lot of guys screaming on the radio and stuff. I get, I get, not uppity, but I get loud at times, but mm-hmm. not every day just to try to make a point to try to scream louder than anybody else. I go on rants, but I try to be responsible. I try to use some logic and some thoughtfulness in everything I say when I draw conclusions. And the guy apologized, but the, here's the problem: I'm not trying to get this guy destroyed. My first reaction was, yeah, he shouldn't be allowed on the air. Good luck in finding another job in broadcasting. Then I listened to the tape because the immediate reaction of everybody is to overreact to something. We see something well, that we all deem. By the way, and Andy, Andy Reid and I are friends. I know Andy Reid. He was here for a long time. So I'm not, having, I'm not covering for Andy Reid because I happen to know him. Yes. Okay? But we have to preface that your first reaction, which is still stated on Twitter. Yes, I was angry because I reacted like everyone else. A, because I knew Andy Reid, and B, because the whole inserting the family into something that has nothing to do yes. with Tyreek Hill or Kareem Hunt or anything that happens with the football team. So, But I didn't say this guy should be strung well, up. Let's play. No, read what I wrote in my first response well, to Joe pl- Banner. Should we play No, because you, you just said my first response. So I want people to read. I want you to read. What I wrote, having not heard the tape, just having seen... Well, this the, was after you heard the tape, because it is in response to the tape. No, the first response I had oh, was, well, not, was, was Joe up. Banner, former Eagles GM. Right. Obviously, he and Andy Reid were close. Joe Banner you know, was, was, a, was here a long time in Philly mm-hmm. as the vice president, general manager. You name it, he's been around football a long time. So we all give sports opinions. Some of them are educated. Some of them are just flamboyant bullshit to try to get people to listen and call in and react. I don't, pr- I don't base my reactions to anything on trying to get the phones to ring. That's not how I operate. I never did. We ask people to call in when they want, they call in. But to try to just, and here's the thing, now, this is bottom line, and we'll play the tape in a second. When you read a quote or you hear something or you read about it on Twitter or social media, your first reaction is, how dare this guy go on a rant and when you listen to the tape, it's not really a rant. He's not yelling and screaming. He's actually pretty subdued, but he's also smarmy and snarky. And to me, smarmy and snarky is just as bad as screaming at top of your lungs about your opposition to someone because of how they conduct their business. I just found your, your reply to Joe Banner. Okay, what did so, I write? So uh, the saddest part 
is if he had not tried to equate losing his son to drug abuse to controlling all 53 grown men players on his team, no one would have ever heard of this guy. FYI, Joe, you do not you do know some in Philly blamed Andy for his son's death, and that really angered me back then. Exactly. And so that's the bottom line. We'll get to that in a right. minute. Let's play the tape. This is Ke- Kevin Keitzman, who, by the way, is not just on the air on this radio station, 810 in Kansas City, Sports Radio he's 810. More, yeah, yeah. He, I guess he's part owner of he's the company. He's part owner, and so a lot of people have been com- complaining about him for a variety of comments over the years uh, that he's been part of the station. And so this is just one more thing. And so thing. the assumption is he's not going to fire himself if he's an owner of a right. radio station and does something stupid. Sort of like when we have elected officials who do stupid things or never have account, can't even apologize. He tried to apologize, but made it worse. And a lot of us do that. But let's play the tape. This is yesterday in Kansas City. His comments on Andy Reid and his ability to handle his family and his football team. Andy Reid does not have a great record of fixing players. He doesn't. Discipline is not his thing. It did not work out particularly well in his family life. And that needs to be added to this. As we're talking about the Chiefs, he wasn't real great at that either. He's had a lot of things go bad on him. Family and players. He is not good at fixing people. He is not good at discipline. That is not his strength. His strength is designing football plays. So there it is. And when you listen to that, if he had left out and he was not good at fixing things, that's, he could, you could say he's not good at fixing things. You know, his job is to just, all he does is call plays. Mm-hmm. But when you add the family part, which is what he did, that's where he went wrong. Because... That's the part that's controversial. Yeah. Because when you have a child, and remember, his son's 29 years old. He wasn't a little yeah. kid. And he had drug problems. And Andy Reid and his family knew that his son Garrett had drug problems. He actually brought him onto mm-hmm. the team to, to keep it. him around the yeah. football family so that he can keep an eye on him. There are a lot of people, friends that we know, who have children and who have done drugs, go off of drugs, and then you're hoping that that's it. Mm-hmm. That now, because they're in a better environment with family around, football players, which Andy Reid raised his kids around football, that's his life, that that, that that situation, having him at training camp, having him on the sidelines, would help him finally stop doing drugs. And unfortunately, and as I mentioned, we have close, close friends. Yeah. And everybody out there knows somebody, whether it's your family, whether it's a friend, who has a problem. And when you think that they've kicked it, Something happens again, they get another taste of it, somebody gives them, and then they go back to it, and then unfortunately, Garrett Reed died of a drug overdose. And unfortunately, um, my father, this is a good part, Uh, my father happens to be a retired drug and alcohol rehab counselor, and the most dangerous time for somebody that is trying to overcome an addiction is after they've made the decision to get clean for a while and they're clean for however long it's out of their system and if they are tempted again they do not realize that their body does not have the tolerance exactly to what their old dosage used to be and oftentimes that 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 first slip up is when they end up overdosing and a lot of people don't realize that and in, when anybody opioid addiction is God-awful. But it's not even opioids, Robin. It's the fact that nowadays, you know, Tony Luke's son. Yep. Who I knew, we all knew. And he, he had He had drug problems, and Tony knew it, and he opened a, an, another cheesesteak location in New Jersey near his home so that his son could be, he could be around him every day and yep. try to get him back on his feet, and he was clean. Yep. But the problem is, 
when he went back to it, nowadays, with heroin, it's laced with fentanyl. Mm -hmm. And even if your body's used to having heroin because you like the high or whatever, when you put fentanyl in there, which is what's happening now all Mm -hmm. over the world when these people who are heroin addicts, that's a death sentence. And that's how people are dying more now than ever. Not just because they're getting a little cocaine or a little crack. They're dying because these mm -hmm. drugs now are lethal doses. Even the smallest dose with with fentanyl inside is absolutely death. And that's what happened to that's what happened to Tony Luke's son. That's what happens to millions of people around this country. Most likely that's what happened to Andy Reid's son. And the fact that this Kevin Keatsman brought that into the picture where it did not there is no reflection on any parent, unless they're actually doing drugs with them. But there's no reflection on any parent if something like this happens. They're trying their hardest to save their child. Exactly. So that's the point. And and we get get it. The guy made a mistake. I I guarantee you, if you ask him to do it again... He would not have been. Well, but then he's he, he, did, 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 did you read his re- response, please? We know the problems, Robin. No, but the, the Kevin Keatsman, to me, this was not just a spur of the moment mention. This was a thought, a well thought out. No, 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 it wasn't. Here's why because the Yahoo Sports story came out yesterday about Tyreek Hill. Okay? That's why he brought it up. It's that the Tyreek Hill is getting close to possibly being reinstated. In the NFL, after his incident with a woman in the hotel on, on video. That stuff's being settled legally. So the only reason he got into this story yesterday was because of the Tyreek Hill story, which was the latest news. He wouldn't have mentioned Tyreek Hill or Andy Reid out of nowhere a month before training camp. No, I get that. But that's my point. Here's where you have to follow the, the, the logic. So then he goes on radio. It wasn't a big rant. It was, you know, Tyreek Hill's coming back, and we don't know. it. So he wanted to take a shot at Andy Reid and point out, that Andy Reid's situation with his players is something that he hasn't handled well, as if Tandy Reid is responsible for grown men being with them every night and knowing where they are in the offseason. No coaches. You don't live with the players. They're adults. They do their own thing. They make the decision to do right or wrong. So now Tyreek Hill is going through that process. So then when it becomes a story and Yahoo Sports makes a story of it and says, hey, you know, Andy Reid and the, the Chiefs and the NFL are going to have a decision to make. Tyreek Hill may be back for training camp with the Kansas City Chiefs next month in July. So that's the story in Kansas City. So then he sits there. Again, I'm supposing me being in that situation. i got to talk about Tyreek Hill. But now i got to take a shot at Andy Reid, too, because I'm going to blame Andy Reid for what his players do off the field. And while I'm in this, because this wasn't a, this wasn't a scripted commentary. This was a guy just wanting to take a shot at Andy Reid because of his players misbehaving, and then added that he has a history of not being able to handle things well. Play the cut again, and you listen. This isn't scripted. This isn't a guy just going crazy. This is a guy who took the Tyreek Hill story and somehow ad-libbed a quote where he's trying to put the two together and inserted Andy Reid's son's drug death with his handling of Tyreek Hill. Andy Reid does not have a great record of fixing players. He doesn't. Discipline is not his thing. It did not work out particularly well in his family life, and that needs to be added to this. As we're talking about the Chiefs, he wasn't real great at that either. He's had a lot of things go bad on him, family and players. He is not good at fixing people. He is not good at discipline. That is not his strength. His strength is designing football plays. Now, 
Again, go back to it. He 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 started it out by by talking about Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. and then he made it about Andy Reid not being able to handle his own children, drug infected, ch- drug addicted children, who obviously got help, and he even tried to help him to suggest that Andy Reid. Right. And oh, by the way, addendum: when that happened here in Philadelphia, there were local radio people and TV people who were saying the same thing yeah. about Andy Reid. They were saying that Andy Reid can't even control his family. Yep. So all this, all these people are going crazy, ripping this guy, and he deserves to be ripped because he made a mistake. I'm not saying this guy should be strung up in Kansas City. He shouldn't be taken to Harrowhead Stadium and thrown off. He should never be allowed to work again. I leave that up to the douchebags like the people at Deadspin who take this beyond just a guy who's an idiot making a statement where he, did, he should not have included his son or his personal life in trying to determine how he handles his players. So, Tony, being an investigative reporter that you are teaching me how to be, do you feel now that you rushed to judgment? And yes, you I should, rushed to judgment. But I didn't call said, for the guy to be no, strung up. No, you said here, this is, and it's still up there, and I will take it down. Go ahead. No, I'm not taking anything uh, down. Uh, I, I, that's what I felt last night. Okay, and then somebody, somebody posted that uh, audio and then said, thoughts, and you replied, thoughts? How about good luck finding another job in broadcasting? Disgrace to humanity. So what's wrong with that comment? That's the, I didn't say this guy. I'm saying that a lot of people would be fired. You know, I, was, I, I basically lost a job because I had a stupid tweet in 2011 that you're, it's hard to explain. I never said anything that this guy said it on the air. I did a mm-hmm. stupid tweet during a baseball right. game in the heat of the moment. And guess what? I was held accountable for that. Yes. Despite apologizing, despite doing everything that I could to explain to people that what I tweeted was a dumb spur of the moment thing. It never made it was only up for 10 seconds, but people who are out there to try to bury you will try to bury you. There'll be people who've been trying to bury this guy in Kansas City. Deadspin. Go read the Deadspin story on this guy. I didn't go that far. They go way above. They want people killed. They want people strung up. I do to criminals. When I see somebody like attack children or somebody commit a heinous crime and it's obvious that they did it, I want that person strung up at high noon on a lamppost. That's my reaction. If you abuse animals or children or women, you deserve to be met with physically and by the strongest methods of the law available. But because a guy's an idiot on the radio, and again, I'm not defending him in any way, shape, or form. He's not going to be fired. He issued a series of tweets apologizing, but never saying, I'm sorry. That's the thing that we are doing now in this world. Every day, somebody says something. Politician, Trump, you name it. You got to apologize for it right away. The problem is, most people can't say the words, I apologize. Politicians do it every day. Make a stupid comment that's obviously affects a lot of people, gets people angry, you know, concentration camp. You name whatever is said, and then when you say, hey, you know what, maybe you were a little overboard on that, saying something's a concentration camp, because that's a bad analogy for anything that's happening in the world today. Yes. But you ask that person, hey, shouldn't you really tone that back a little bit? And that person says no. So where's the justice? Again, this guy is not going to face justice. He wrote a series of tweets, Uh, but did he apologize? I, don't know I want you to really read what he I'm posted read afterwards. Exactly what, okay. he, exactly what he wrote. 
Um, he said, holy hat, what's going on here? I never mentioned one word about the tragic death of Andy Reid's son and quickly corrected a caller who did. I was talking about the owner's record of fixing players, the team's record, and Andy's record. I was referencing the drug addiction and conviction for dealing drugs. When they served time and Reid hired them to work for his football teams, it was no longer a private matter. But blaming a parent for the death of their child in these circumstances is unthinkable and reprehensible, period. I, it was never intentioned or discussed and never entered my mind. It makes me sad that somehow that's what some of you thought I was saying. That would be despicable. Yeah, and so he's trying to explain what he said, which he shouldn't have said. The bottom line. Because if he had left that part out, just the part about Andy Reid can't control anybody, he didn't talk about, well, Andy Reid's son got busted for drugs one time, and then to help him, he gave him a job on the football team. People were ripping him here in Philadelphia. The same people who were angry at this guy in Kansas City did the same thing while Andy Reid was burying his son. So here's how you fix it, Kevin. When you make a statement, don't insert something that has to do with his family member yeah. because he had no control over that. He had nothing to do with his son selling drugs, getting arrested, and going to jail for drugs, then coming out of jail, and his dad hiring him to make sure he was around him while he was working his job, which requires being away from your family a lot. Now, I do have a question, though, which I find an interesting on the flip side, the argument that a coach should or should not have more control over their players. They can't, Robin. These are adults. I understand that they can't they can't be with them 24/7 and they can't make sure that they don't do anything wrong. However, I do feel that there is a certain type of environment that a coach can say, "Look, you screw up, you're out of there." Kind of make it so They that did. They got they cut Kareem Hunt right away. All right? Tyreek Hill, they let him go. Kareem Hunt then got picked up somewhere else. The bottom line is this. It's like the only people I think who are more complicit in knowing what their players are doing, and I used to get on Pete Carroll all the time, is college football coaches. Now, they have 70 players or 80 players. Right. But when your star player, like Reggie Bush at USC, Pete Carroll knew full well that Reggie Bush's family was being greased by all the donors and all the people who were getting his family a house to live right. in you in Orange County. Cars. And they knew that Reggie Bush was driving or a, a luxury car on campus. I mean, if the coach doesn't see that or know that, but these are college kids. Right. Th that's your responsibility. Now, you're not going out with, you don't need to know where Reggie Bush is going if he's banging a Kardashian or any of that stuff. But if you're a coach at a big time college football program, you have a, there's more chance that you're going to know what your kids are doing than an NFL coach who's following around grown men. Now, these coaches hear things, too. They may know one of their players has done this or done that, and they obviously try to keep it down the download unless it's a crime because they don't want that stuff getting out. No company wants no. an employee who's done something stupid to come out. But don't you think out. a lot of coaches look the other way? Yes, they do. I don't think Andy Reid looked the other way. Andy Reid wasn't in a hotel room with Tyreek Hill no. with some chicks in the middle of the night. And if it wasn't caught on tape... No one would have known it. Now, because there's the surveillance cameras everywhere, guys can't get away with this stuff anymore. And so I'm not saying throw the book at everybody. You know, Kareem Hunt got a job in Cleveland. That's the way the system works. If you're, if you're acquitted of a crime, you commit a crime, you get away with it, or you don't get convicted, 
you move on with your life. This guy should not be run out of the business. And obviously, since he's an owner of this small little crappy station in Kansas City, he's not going to fire himself. No. So he's got to have to now explain to people and hope that they understand what he thinks he was trying to say when we heard what he actually said. However, however, it is up to the people in Kansas City and the sponsors of the station that if this is an ongoing problem where he says a lot of stupid things and a lot of people are not happy with it, that yes, they need to... St- that that's they, how it works. That's how it works. But I'm not lying. I've never been one of these guys. I never call for boycotts. I never call for firings of people who do stupid stuff. I leave that to the law. Radio people say stupid stuff every day. Bloggers write stupid stuff every day. Did you find the Deadspin story? Yes. What's the dude's name who wrote the story? I ripped him on, on Deadspin. Here's the best part of Deadspin. So I wanted to offer a comment. This is Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson. I don't know who this guy is, but he's obviously a schmuck. Well, he, he, uh, he starts off uh, stating what happened. and then- No, no. Read the headline okay. first. Uh, the headline is Kansas City Radio Chud. Chud, C-H-U-D. C-H-U-D drags Andy Reid's dead son into criticism of Reid's coaching ability. Correct. Now, a lot of people will agree with he's a chud. You can name, you know, that's name calling. Whatever. So the first thing you do, I call the guy a heavy because I saw him and he was a heavy right. guy. Not that that means anything, but it means he probably doesn't do any physical stuff. He's probably not an athlete. And so he can sit there behind a microphone and pretend that he knows more about coaching than Andy Reid. But apparently Continue. Deadspin has uh, a, a they, they, they do not like sports radio. Now here's the best part. So go ahead right. and so read a couple. So and then I, I, read, I hope they posted my response to him because I put my name to it. Here's yeah. the best part about Deadspin. So if you want to respond to something, uh-huh. you have to join some company. Or your choice is you can go on on your burner. They actually have a thing that says, if you want to post this on your burner account. Oh, jeez. So that just proves so that they, they will take in fake people oh. who aren't putting a name to their own comments and put that on there just to, to solicit comments in their comment section. So in other words, somebody could have... Somebody could know, pretend to be somebody. People. I wanted to put my name to it, and, and I did. I put my, But I didn't want to join some stupid website so that I can make a comment on their board. I tried to th- put it through my Twitter comments. I you know, gave you choices, Facebook. But then when I said Twitter, I want these comments public to respond to this jerk-off mm-hmm. at Deadspin. Again, not defending the guy Kevin, what a Seitzman, whatever his name is, Kitesman, right. but to just show you how lower this clown is at Deadspin for not just calling him names. Well, I mean, you know, How people much of this people. do you want me to read? Just read the first uh, paragraph. A low-life Kansas City radio host invoked the 2012 death of Andy Reid's son, Garrett, as part of an overarching criticism of Reid's approach to personal accountability. And yet, another sign that sports radio should be made illegal immediately. No, I'm sh- I, you know, the sad part is, you would think that that would be sarcasm, but I don't even know anymore. A comment like that sounds like sarcasm. You know, sports radio should be made illegal. How about Deadspin should be made illegal? How about Deadspin should go the way of Gawker, which did stupid, irresponsible crap like they do every day under the guise of talking about sports radio people and sports content. This guy is an absolute hypocrite. Read down at the bottom his final comments. Because, you know, all the other stuff is just him pontificating about how bad sports radio is and how everybody on radio, a talking head, is an absolute imbecile. Not all everybody is. A lot of them are. But so are a lot of idiots like the dolts who work at Deadspin who are desperately trying to stay relevant. They used to be a relevant site. They are now struggling. 
to get anybody to even use burner accounts to try to respond and show people that actually people are still reading Deadspin. Uh, They're frauds. The guy, this is a long, I mean, this is... Um... No, right all the way to the bottom. I said, don't read the whole con. Then go all the way to the bottom. The very, very bottom says, sports fandom is a brain disease and sports talk radio is its most dangerous vector. It should be illegal. Exactly. That's the vector, Victor. You know what I say to you? Chris Thompson, whatever his name is. Get out! Get out! Or more importantly... Bafangul, huh? Yeah, because sports fandom... Read that, read that last sentence again, Robin. Sports fandom is a brain disease, and sports talk radio is its most dangerous vector. vector. It should be illegal. It should be illegal. But Deadspin, you should have idiots like Chris Thompson telling everybody what should be legal, while sports fandom is what makes your site, moron. If there weren't sports fans, you would have nothing to write about. So what kind of idiotic analogy is that? Yeah, you can rip, I rip sports radio. I got out of sports radio. I did it for 50 years almost. I'm not going to blanketly defend everybody who does this. The problem with doing any kind of radio is you have to have, you don't need zero ability to do this. You, there's, no, there's no test. You can get a job at doing radio or having a podcast or having a radio show. You don't have to pass any tests. You don't have to prove to anybody that you're smart. All you got to do is get somebody to believe that you're going to get people to listen to your snark, your smarm, your screaming or whatever, and somebody hires you. And then if enough people listen to you and buy advertising, then you're a success. But you don't need to have any kind of education, background, knowledge, or anything else to do this. That's the sad state of media today. And it's not just sports media. It's political media. It's anybody who's a talking head. We don't know whether someone's a pundit or a reporter anymore. Anybody can give an opinion. We all have opinions. But very few opinions are educated. Very few are reasoned and, and thought through, especially when you're doing a live show. When you're doing a live show and something breaks and your first reaction is always hyperbole or worst-case scenario, because that's the way, unfortunately, we think nowadays, we all think of the worst-case scenario first. And then some of us take a step back and then realize, maybe I overdid it a little bit. But I didn't go crazy. I didn't say the guy should be fired. I said that this guy, good luck finding another job in broadcasting. Because I was assuming that maybe his employer, who happens to be himself, would say, hey, you know what, we can't have those kinds of things. We don't want you to become a big name because you're making stories that are all over the national media because you're making us look bad. And, you know, in the Kansas City Chiefs, pretty good team. They got a great quarterback. We don't need a local sports talking head to become the story involving the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's how companies deal with stuff. If you're a really valuable employee, you can get away with a lot of stuff. And they'll just say, all right, we're going to move on. It's happened in this city, and it happens in every city. If you got good ratings, and you do stupid shit on the air, or you offend people, or you threaten people, or you physically assault people, they'll find a way to let time move on, and then everything's good again, Robin. And that's how the world works now. You do something bad, if you're important, you stick around and they find a way out of it. If you do something bad and you're not important, you're out on your ass. That's the world of equality today, Robin. Not everybody is treated the same. And all I want is for everybody to be treated the same. 
You follow me right now? I'm following you. I was trying to follow your, uh, or try to find your, your response to Deadspin, but I can't find it anywhere. Yeah, they didn't post it because I, I didn't have the time. I'm getting ready for a show. Uh, I wrote a well-thought-out thing where I pretty much said the same thing that I, uh, I said here on the air to Chris Thompson about his lunacy. Yeah, he could rip sports radio till the cows come home because they never do unless you live on a farm and it gets rainy and you know they always see them under the cover. Especially yes. in Amish country. Notice there's always, in, whenever there's rain or storms, uh-huh. those cows, they go under that tight little spot. Yeah. It's like people hanging in they front know. of an awning, like in front of a building. When you go out to smoke and it's cold outside, it's freezing, everybody's hunkering down in that one spot to smoke their cigarettes. Well, they don't want to become uh, big old steak, pieces of steak by lightning. Okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm muting you so that you can blow your nose okay. nicely. Now continue on. So, um,. Well, I agree with you regarding this, Kevin Keatsman. I don't think that you should that he should be fired for this alone. But I'm I'm leaving it open. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I don't. I'm, if he gets fired, he gets fired. I'm not saying this guy has to have his job saved because he's just a good guy and they're really. It's not about my decision whether he should be fired or not. I don't call for people to get fired. I really don't. It's not my job. But I'll give opinions. But his tone, his voice was very condescending. And yeah, smart, that's the know? thing. Yeah. There's there's people who yell. And they yell louder than the next guy so that they think that they are making a better point by yelling louder. Yes. And then there's people I who are tell, snarky. Can I just tell you, anybody that's a yeller out there, just because you're louder than the other person does not mean that you're more right. <laughs> Being louder does not make you more correct, more, like, doesn't make you sound smarter. It doesn't make you sound like you know what you're talking about. It just makes you sound louder and more obnoxious. Exactly. So stop Now, it. I get loud every once in a while because I'm Italian. But everything that I discuss here, it's not, everything's not a rant. Was that considered a rant? It was a thoughtful. You, weren't, you, you didn't raise your voice. Yeah, because Bob from Valley Forward so checks in on the stream chat. Just checking, is this a rant? Rants do not mean you get loud. It's not a rant. It's a stream of consciousness because none of this is scripted. No. This is, this is coming from here. From the esophagus, sometimes, from the... Uh, sometimes when you go on rants, though, you do get a little bit louder, though. Well, yeah, you get yeah, a little yeah. bit sometimes heated. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Exactly. It's not, everything's not about screaming loud. No. I'm not Stephen A. Smith, even though he's a friend. You know, that's why they call him Screaming A. Smith. I, I'm, I'm not into loudness. It'll hurt my ears. Me too. Which is weird, because I think that I've been going deaf. There are a lot of things that I actually don't hear. I mean, I'm one of those, can, huh? you turn, can you turn the TV up? Can you make it a little bit louder? I can't hear, can't hear, can't hear. But Luckily, loud- we have AJ and San Antonio's headsets now. We can watch TV without making this noise. This is fantastic. Well, these headsets are great, but we have now the ones where we can watch TV. Yes. So if I'm watching Science Channel or some really bad sci-fi movie late night. And I want to go to bed? I tell her to turn it down. I'm not, I'm not on my computer playing uh, dumb games like Robin does late night. I'm watching science. I'm learning shit. You following me? Tony I was just going to say that sounds like a shot at Tony when he goes on a rant. Robin, he's correct, and he sounds correct. I don't know what that means, but I like it. (laughs) I totally don't know what that means, but I like it. It's about damn time. Anyway, that's just my opinion. As a guy who's done this a long time, I don't have anything against bloggers or people who write comments because obviously they're trying to get people to, it's, it's all about clickbait. It's trying to get people to go to your site. I don't sell anything on my sites. I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to get people to listen to the show who like what we do. A lot of people have liked what I've done over my career. And we hope to get people to come on to, on to Twitch and follow us. Yes. And if you don't like, you don't listen. It's an amazing thing. 
I don't understand who people are always drawn to things they don't like so that they can continue to be upset about watching something or listening to something they don't like. Normally, if I don't like something, I don't watch it. I know. I don't listen to it. I don't know. You know, isn't that called masochism or sadism? Is that masochism or sadism? It's masochism, right? Mm, Sadism is when you do something to somebody else. Masochism is when you like to have pain inflicted on you. Right? Is is your? But you could be sadomasochistic too. Yes, you could like it both ways, so to speak. So to speak, yes. Like sort of like a. Except completely different. Now, um. Robin, you need to stand during the Dutch Netherlands national anthem. What's the name of the song, Robin? Het Wilhelm or something? Wilhelmus van Alsauer ben ik van Duitsen bloed. Mijn vaderland getrouwen blijf ik tot in mijn doet. What does Wilhelm have to do with any of this stuff? That's pretty good. That's, ladies and gentlemen, your Dutch national anthem. Song here exclusively by Miss Robin, Tony Bruno at the organ. I've been playing with my organ while you were singing that, Robin. That's, that's, that's not a pretty national anthem, Robin. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. What's it about? I don't okay. understand it. It's a beautiful national Who's anthem. Who's Wilhelm? Who is that guy? It's, it's, a be- <laughs> it's a beautiful national anthem, but it doesn't make much sense. Because that's what I just said. That's all I'm I, looking for is logic. I, I, you're not going to get it there. Wilhelmus von Nassau, which is one of the kings, the, the Wilhelm von Nassau, um, he was of German blood. Um, he, they, and I will, I will stay, uh, I will stay uh, true until my death. What? Uh, and then it says, um, the, the all right, let's con- all stand. Now, wait a minute, Robin. The Koning von Spanje. I, 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 Something pledge in Spain. A, I pledge allegiance to the King of Spain. All right, now bring it up here. Let's hear it live now. Ladies and gentlemen, let's all stand while we play the Dutch national anthem. Sing it, Robin. Oops, I'm on the wrong refrain. I I missed the beginning of it. track of where I was. That's an outrage. Good. It's short and sweet. You know what I like about it? It's 52 seconds. It's got a good beat. You get in and you get out. But it, but it's it's like, so he's of German blood. He pledges allegiance to the king of Spain. Um, How about the king of pain, at least? Bring him in there. It's, 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 it's a little confusing. but it's, It makes no sense. It's the oldest national anthem in the world, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Why I didn't they fix the damn thing? It's a 52-second national anthem, which makes zero sense. Well, technically, there are many refrains, but nobody knows the rest of them. At least they keep it to the first verse. Worse than the second... Well, the first verse is actually the worst. That's why you don't continue. Not W-U-R-S-T. Burst. I believe it is a beautiful, beautiful song. It's ridiculous. Who agrees with me? Is that not the worst national anthem you've ever heard? No, it sounds like one of the short hymns when you're in church in Catholic church. It's because it's an they, old and they, national. And they always have like these little hymns between like prayers and stuff. 
I'm looking at it. Shows up. you what a good Catholic I want to see, but I believe it is the oldest national anthem in the, in, in the world. Let me just make sure. Um, Kingdom of the Netherlands. It dates back to at least 1572, making it the national anthem with the very oldest music ever. There I was. They I was need to like, upgrade that some bitch. <laughs> they, they're too busy smoking weed, wearing wooden shoes, having windmills, and red light districts. So this is why it is a little bit confusing. It was originally the national anthem of the Netherlands Antilles, which had a lot of different things What does Antilles have to do with any of this stuff? <laughs> she, she passed away 20 years ago. <laughs> Speaking of Antilles... This, this is somebody that would look kind of like an Aunt Tilly. Do you remember, um, uh, what's her name? Pooh Nash, Veronica Pooh Nash. We had her. I only remember Poonani. Once I see it, I'll never forget it, Robin. We had her on the show. She was the one that did the rant on, um, on social media about not going out in the water and getting bit by sharks. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Remember her? Yes. He's like... Uh, we have an update from her? Don't, don't, don't go into their house. Right. You know, you don't belong out there. Well, she now has an update for, to, to all of those people that like to go hiking. Oh, so for, now first her warning was don't go in the water because that's where the sharks live. Yes. You don't go into their house. Or you get your behind whooped. Yeah, and because you, you're, you know, you're food to them. So why would you want to go into their house? That's just stupid. That's just stupid. Well, now she has an update regarding for all these people that have gone out and... Go uh, hiking. When go, you tell them to go take a hike, you shouldn't they, do that? No, that, w because they've gone hiking and they get lost. Well, that happens. Yeah, and so this is her, this is her advice... Now, this is, she did another interview because Praise we have... Lord, everybody. Oh, here she this is. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and eat me in it. This is your girl, Sister Pooh. I'm coming to you again. I'm, you know, I'm on a roll, so I just may as well go for it. You know, I'm trying to understand why. We done talked about the sharks. We done talked about, you know, staying on the beach. We done talked about all that. Now, I want to talk about these folk that just have to go hiking and then get lost. Why? Why? We have millions of miles of settled land. Why are you going in the woods? It don't make sense. Again, it does not make sense. Stop it. Give me pavement here. I'm not trying to climb up through no rocks and trees and reels and all that other. Give me the pavement. That's all I ask for. And we got, and most of them people that was, I, I was, I feel it was pretty safe to say that a hundred percent of them had a house. Why is you going up to the, what you want to build a tree house? You got a house house. Go home. Stop all that other foolishness. And then we got to go find you spending our taxpayer dollars to try to find your search and rescue. Ain't nobody had to search and rescue me from being in the house. Think about that. Okay? And I'm done. As long as y'all stop doing crazy stuff, I'm done, okay? I'm done. That's all I ask for. I don't think I ask for too much. I think I'm I'm back on my common sense crusade, I, and I'm I'm going to be guilty of telling it, and I'm just going to say it. Stop it! Just go find you a tree to climb if that that's what you need to do. Stop running up in these woods and getting lost. I thank God that the people was found safe, the ones that was found safe. But stop it! You getting on my nerves. You getting on the Lord's nerves. It's always <laughs> trying to find your butt up in the woods somewhere. Just go to your house. Amen. 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 Amen.
I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. God bless your bones today. Stay at home. There she is, ladies and gentlemen. Where are the white women at? They're out there walking around in the woods. They're the ones walking in the woods. They know sisters walking in the woods and getting lost. You never noticed that? It's always pasty white chicks. They know. They stay in their damn house. You know? Veronica Poonash, man. She has some great advice. I love it. And the best part is, I believe uh, R. Kelly agrees with her. Yes. Use your common sense. Exactly. Oh, my God. You know, because you go out walking in the woods. That's stupid. It is stupid. You got bugs. You got snakes. You got crickets. You got you got all kinds of fungus among us. You got uh, poison ivy, poison oak. I love it. You you never you never <laughs> see anybody having to rescue me in my house. It's <laughs> just oh god. We Jesus. have this other reaction from Luigi, I believe. Oh no, Dean just called in to react to that. Stay out the woods. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? I don't know, man. Speaking of calling in, we have not. Given I know. Out let's the go phone to the phones. Num- we have not given out the phone number because we today. still have ahead today our McDonald's update. We have a McDonald McDonald update, Robin. No. We have a financial tip of the day. You know, this show's not just about sports and science and sex and music and. All the other shit. Thank you for following us. Uh, that was, who was that? Michael in Tennessee? Uh, Robrock. Robrock One just followed us. Not Thank Sears so and Robrock. I don't believe any relation to them. Uh, Bartco24 says that that was a PSA for my fellow Coloradians. Or Coloradans. Coloradans. It's not INS, I A N. It's Coloradans. What's the matter with you, Robin? Are you a foreigner or something? You sing the Dutch national anthem and now you don't know where you are anymore? I'm all discombobulated. <laughs> but we love her. She's, she's great. She's so funny. She's and and uh, We had her on the show too. Yes, we did. Now, what do you think is more when she gives these messages? Is the stay out of the water because she's right about the water. Because when you go in the water, you're going into somebody else's house. The fish live there. Well, we're yeah, not fish. In the woods, you Jacques can Cousteau be- wasn't a fish. He was the greatest of all time who invented the scuba gear. And now his kids and grandkids are out there. Going underwater. But technically, you could say that when you're going into the woods, by there's there's bears and lions stuff and tigers. No, but I get bears it. Bears and lions. If you go into the water, lie. especially the ocean, yeah, you're in fish's house. Sharks are sharks are supposed to be there. Yes. you're not. I get that. You're taking a chance. But you go into the woods. I'm not talking about jungles where these stupid people are naked and afraid go and put their lives at risk to go out there and try to stay in a jungle for 21 days and survive eating grubs and snakes and all that other stuff. It's good stuff. You're doing that to try to win a contest on a TV show. And the only thing you get on those shows is not even money involved. You're stupid. A lot. You're stupid. What do you call it goes up? Your survival number goes up from a 7.7 to an 8.2. Hoopty damn do. I just ate rodents, insects, snakes, and everything else. And damn. My final score, I lost 12 pounds, but my final survivability score went up to 8.2 points, kids. How about that? I got every damn lesion on my body. I got scrapes. I got lockjaw. I got jaundice. I had a toe had to be amputated because I stepped in some damn snake pit. And now all of a sudden, I might say, but my survivability score went up to 8.2. What's even more amazing that there's a couple of those shows where people have come back for a second time. I know. 
Did you not learn the first freaking time? But no, you can get lost and you can go take a hike in Fairmont Park in the city and get lost. There's not wild animals. Just because you're taking a walk in the woods, it's not like you're going into the woods where all these stupid college kids go and find a cabin and then get sliced and diced by some psycho who's hiding in the woods. These people who walk up to mountains, there's paths. When I go hiking in Arizona and I go up to, I, I, I finally you ran up to the top. You don't veer off the Exactly. Path. When I went up Camelback Mountain and made it all the way to the top, I was proud. Because, you know, it's not impossible. You followed I, the path. Uh, yeah, I stayed on the path. See? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> now, did you take the road less traveled, though? No, I went up the damn regular road. Oh, so I wanted to get. I wanted to fast. I went on the express lane. I didn't get over and try to find a. Hey, let me see if I can find a shortcut. There's no shortcuts when you're going up then, a mountain, then, Robin. What, life. <laughs> what is that? That's Robert Frost, isn't it? What? Tra- travel the road le- or? Uh, I don't know. Who do I travel? look like? A stinking poet? I don't read any of that crap. I don't have time for that. I mean, ain't ain't, ain't nobody, and I mean nobody. So got time for that? Back nobody to the phones. Yes. All right, Does here's any, the phone number. Anybody out there who has comments, questions, just observations, wants a, reminiscences, observa- reflections, wants dis- dedications. Uh, if you want to disagree with Tony or me or whatever you have, call us now, 215-462-TONY. That's 215-462-8669. The only mountain in Bob from, Valley, open. Bob from Valley Forge nailed it. The only mountain I stay away from, Robin, is Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> Damn it, Robin 50 says he went up Camel Toe Mountain. Is that the same thing? Oh, totally the same. Exactly. That's not going up. You're going down to get there. You're going down, (laughs) Camel Toe. Come on, man. You got to know you're up from down. There's only one way. That's that's one direction. You go down to Camel Toe Mountain. Exactly right. You see, we know up from down, left from right. Left, right, left, right, up, down, up, right, down, and then you got the code to break the Bruno uh, Madno 5 curse or whatever the hell it is. Meanwhile... Two one five four six two Tony. That's the number. Open lines now. Yes. You know we don't bite. We won't yell at you. We won't hang Watch. up on you. We won't cut you off after ten seconds. We have discussions. We discuss. Fan, and Fan Jackson says you go down to Camel Toe Mountain mm-hmm. and you go up Ass Creek. Not Shit's Creek. That's something else. <laughs> Not Cripple Creek, because up on Cripple Creek, she sends me. If I take a leak, she mends me, or something like that. Remember that song? Robin, Robin's going to go to the phones right now. Yes, we are going to go to the phones, and we're just going to go live. Let's go live right now. we don't have a call screener, so um, behave. Once you get to Camel Toe Rat Mountain, though, you got to go down, but then you got to go up after you go then down. you have to go around the bend. And then you got to go slow <laughs> and steady. Slow, low and slow, or slow and steady. So many different questions to answer, and so many answers to question. And then one thing for sure, you make sure you stay away from the Hershey Highway. Let's go to the phones. Except if you go to Chocolate Town and Hershey and you go to the factory and the whole bit, it's really good. Hello, who's there? Who's on the line? Uh, Jim from Cheltenham. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the greatness that is. The official archivist of the Tony Bruno Show, the great Jim. Oh, uh, Tony, I was, uh, your show Friday night was outstanding. Did you uh, like it, Jim? Of all the shows you've done since you've gone to the online format, that was probably your best show. And I was shot too, and that's you the got amazing. so many calls I couldn't believe it. Yeah, we were, we we uh, 
We trotted out the old into the night. We went back into time to come back to the future. Because people like that stuff. Because that's what we did. We had a lot of fun. And I know people are saying, you got to come up with something new. No, you don't. Not if people liked it. Why do they keep bringing back all these game shows? Vintage is good. Look, you notice all the new game, all the game shows are bringing back were original game shows. Mm-hmm. All, Mark, all Mark Goodson shows. Exactly. I mean, you got, you got Snoop doing game shows. You got, uh, what's his face? Uh, the Crazy Brothers up in New York doing pretending he's Gene Rayburn doing the match game. Alec yeah. Baldwin holding the stick mic. Everything that's old is new again, man. And people Everything don't respect. Comes back sooner or later. Exactly. Exactly right, man. And I heard you earlier in your show, Din Valare. Oh, did you like the original? Uh, the well, the, 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 a lot of people did, but the one that had the biggest hit by the most sales was Dean our Martin. good friend from South Philadelphia, Bobby Rydell. Well, Bobby Rydell with Volari was a great one, too. You're right. Because yeah, that was more of like, I guess, a little rock and roll theme. That was a, a little, up-tempo number. Tempo, yeah. yeah, it was all about the tempo and about, you know, those guys, Frankie you Avalon. You go to uh, YouTube, they'll have some appearances on the old variety shows like Perry Como. Yeah, yeah. Can we play a little, uh, that's a great one, Jim, because, you know, there's so many versions. Dean Martin's version of Volare was good. I mean, everybody well, did Volare. he got Volare. a gold record for that movie. Yes. Song. Actually, you know, Plymouth actually had a good version of the Volare, too, but the K-Cars <laughs> didn't really last that long. They were rust buckets, and eventually, wasn't that one of the K-Cars, the Plymouth Volare? Yeah, that's one of the movie commercials. Exactly right. What was the song you wanted? Volare by Bobby Rydell, another South Philadelphia legend, Robin. There's a mural with Bobby Rydell on it and all the South Philly greats. Frankie Avalon, Bobby Rydell, Fabian Forte. You remember all the great South Philadelphia legendary oh, yeah, singers? He, like a, he had his first hit like when he was 17 years old. Exactly. We may have to do a block of uh, Bobby Rydell on Friday. And he just turned 77. Robert Ritterelli, you know. He's yeah. a good friend of Don Cannon's. And they played golf together at the same course up at the Blue Bell Country Club. Oh, I know. I met Bobby right down one time. Because he had season six of the Flowers and the Eagles. Let's play a little bit of here now. Let's crank him up. This is when the kids would snap their fingers, put on the Cuban heels. And, and life was better, Robin. Everybody was sure. Kids didn't screw around. Well, we did, but it wasn't like it is now. We were much cleaner back then. Is this your favorite version, Jim? The... Yeah, I have, back to one you played, I have the original 45 years. By uh, Domenico Modugno. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> just, I my father loved that song. <laughs> I, I love that song. I hear hearing this. Pop, 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 pop. You know, we love these up-tempo numbers. Just no dead dog dedications today, kids. I'm sorry, we're not going to do those. <laughs> you know we're going to play Friday though We're going to play Wildwood Days by Bobby Rydell You remember that one Jim? Oh yeah that was his really last big hit it was, um, 1964 I think Dude that's when the Phillies collapsed I remember it well And then, came the Be- and then, then a couple of weeks later here come the Beatles on Ed Sullivan And all them careers took a hit Exactly right By the way can you give me just a taste of Wildwood Days Robin? Wildwood Days. Robin and I have to make a trip to Wildwood. I think I took her there once. I thought you were going to do a live show there. We want to do a live show. we got to set this up. I don't know if I'm going to do Wildwood at uh, Maury's Pier with the roller coasters or if I'm going to go Ocean City at the Music Pier with the more family. I don't think we can do this show more in a family function. I think there'll be too many kids there who will be yelling profanities at us. Well, Wildwood's probably still the best boardwalk, the longest boardwalk. Yeah, it is. I took Robin on the Wildwood boardwalk. I made her walk all the way from one end. Here we go. Bobby Rondell, everybody. How about where? 
Yeah, baby, yeah. I'm a dreaming of lots of summer love. All I think about the That's the original. Now, this, bit, this song was remade, you know, Jim. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I heard Gary's doing his last show pretty soon. Yes. All right, let's stop, uh, stop it right there, Robin. Stop it right there, as they say on the replays when they go and show you the breakdown segment. So, Gary Radnish, we were talking about this earlier. So... A lot of people responding on Twitter to Gary saying, hey, you got, you know, for your last show, you guys should get together. So Gary called me yesterday several times, but it showed up as a restricted call. So when I looked at my phone, I didn't answer it. First of all, I was on the air. And secondly, when I see restricted, that means I don't know the person. And so Gary must have a way, you know, to not have people see who he's calling. So then he left me three voicemails yesterday. And the last one was late last night, so I called him this morning and I left him a voicemail. But Robin has the latest breaking news from Gary Radnich on his final show on Friday on KNBR 680, the sports leader, Robin. You got word from back from F.P. Santangelo Jr.? Yes. Um, they said that you're actually in more contact with Gary than they are. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. <laughs> um, that um, it is a definite go. He is going to be on Friday from 11 to 1 a.m. Excuse me, 1 a.m. 1 p.m. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And that you will be on for at least, at least a half an hour. How about that, Jim? Well, that's great. Man who's well, been at that radio station 30-something years. He, 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 17 years he did that 17 show. years. And uh, the good part is, you know, he actually said it is, you know what? I'm getting calls from everybody that the last show, even though it's only going to be two hours, he wanted to bring back one last time the best half hour in radio. I never called it that. He never called it that. The audience did after all the years, and we had a lot well, of fun. People didn't realize that was one of the first big podcasts because you did it live, but mm-hmm. it was so popular, they put it on their website the whole 30 minutes. On their website, you can listen to it anytime you exactly want. Exactly right. No, it that's was why I have some of the shows because I could pick it up anytime I wanted. Now, do you have any tape? By I got Stuff of the Day. It's a show you did in 2006. Wow, that's way, way It was the World Baseball Classic was on the air. Oh, the WBC, baby, the WBC. Because you like doing the play-by-play live, and all the people that worked for him loved it, but Gary hated it. (laughs) Gary hated it? Well, we would do live play-by-play. But you did it anyway, so here's what happened. This has happened in 2006. Oh, let's go back to the World Baseball Classic 2006 live on KNBR 680. Gary, uh, Johan. Oh, you're all facing right. Big Poppy, who's grabbed the bat to lead off for York, Dominicana. They call him Big Poppy, a little Kim. I guess that's on Wednesday or Thursday night, Tone. A reality uh, show, Little Kim, yeah. Countdown to lockdown, your thoughts? <laughs> well, she's trying to get out of jail. You heard what happened. She's been in jail since September. She filmed the show before she went to the big house for perjury, yeah. which she may be the only person in the history of this country who's actually gone to jail for perjury. Yeah. But uh, now apparently her breast implants are leaking, are you and kidding? she wants out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dan, as we say goodbye, Dan Dibley, did you learn anything this morning, though, Dan? I learned that uh, TV on the radio works, Gary. Oh, you guys are all nuts. <laughs> well, you got Johan Santana on the mound. People want to know if he's going to get Big Poppy. He's got him two and one, Gary. All right, we may have a little fun tone after your... Oh, there's a drive. That uh, ball is in the deep center field, uh, but it's going to stay in the park. Oh, okay. No, it's falling right over the 400-foot side, Gary. All right. Eight Touch them all, Big Poppy. The Dominicans, uh, Gary, <laughs> taking down the dreaded enemies from Venezuela. 808, <laughs> your oil. Give us your oil. Give us your win. 
Darren Arbeck, this, uh, all I know, 808 KBR, do you think that's entertaining to hear the barista, Mike, uh, my good friend Dan Dibley, and of course, America's number one talk show host, Bruno, talk about what they're watching on television while you're stuck in traffic. <laughs> There you go, Tony. <laughs> How about me giving up love for Big Poppy, not knowing that 12 years later, Venezuela would be in the shithole, and we don't even need their oil anymore, and they can't even drink their oil. And, of course, Big Poppy, who got shot in his own Dominican Republic just a couple of weeks ago. Yes. That was unbelievable. <laughs> FYI. We have breaking news. Yeah, Robin's so excited because the Dutchies have scored. The Dutchies have No, I know it's Taco Tuesday, but the Dutch have scored. There will be free weed tonight, and obviously a one free, one free stay with the lady of your choice tonight in the red light, in the district. Red light district in downtown how about, Amsterdam. How about free porridges and stroke waffles? Bro- oh, I want a stroke waffle. They now have the stroke waffle Sundays at McDonald's. No. Yeah, because they have like the, the 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 wonders of the world or the flavors of the world, and one of the best flavors of the world happens to be the Netherlands stroke waffles. Now, Jim, have you had a stroke waffle? No, I've never had it. They're basically like two little waffles, and then there's caramel in between, and they're put together. And they actually sell them in stores now. And I'm not a big caramel guy, but the Schroff waffles, they're really, really good. But the other thing that Robin says, and I love the way she says it, it's another Dutch food, but just the name of it alone is awesome. It makes Tony giggle every time. Poffertjes. Poffertjes. It is. Poffertjes are the little mini, mini, they're like uh, one-bite pancakes. They're smaller than silver-dollar pancakes. They're like quarter pancakes? Yeah, they're quarter. What could be, first of all, a a silver-dollar pancake is too damn small. Did the Dutch make ones even smaller than a silver-dollar? They're like like a snack food. They're just bite-sized. Oh, they hit the bleeping post. Oh, my God. Japan just came really close. Got inside and then hit the bleeping post to quote the great Don Earl many years ago doing a Flyers game when the Flyers were good back in the 70s and maybe in the 1980s. Now, Tony, when is the last time you were on with Gary? Wow, Uh, I don't know. I know that you did one for his anniversary or birthday or something or another. You did a little quick pop. Only Jim would know that. He has the archives. I I guess it was some kind of anniversary a couple years ago. Right. Yeah. But But he stopped doing it, what, 2010? Yeah. I think right before we moved back it to was Philly, just yeah. Before, I think it was early 2011. Yeah. And you know what? I have a lot of them shows from that era. The one I liked was the one when you were at Lake Tahoe. <laughs> you had a big party the night before. <laughs> There's just so many of these stories. Or like the, Jim. Digger Phelps was on the dance floor getting down. And oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Robin was there for that. I think I was there for that one. That was with. That was um, the American Cele- Century Celebrity Club. Charles Barkley was like, buying drinks for everybody. Yeah, yeah Charles, Charles was buying vodka. He was buying beer. Artie the party. Artie the party. I was up on the stage dropping some biggie. I mean, it was a, those were great times, yes. man. Those were great times. And then the other ones that, that uh, Gary always uh, loved, tongue-in-cheek, were, were when Tony was like in Disneyland or something. Oh, yeah. you call in. <laughs> and, you know, that's where the term, that's good knowledge, came from. Yeah. And then we upgraded it to that's great knowledge. Because a lot of the stuff that I've done in my whole life, Gary and I were doing, you know, and not so-and-so. When you know, we mention a name and then we come up with another name. You know, the stream of consciousness fun stuff. That's what people love to do. And, and we still do it on the show. Like we mentioned Healy yesterday, the writer. And then, of course, Glenn Healy and then Fred Healy and the Jim Healy. You know, it's just, it's just fun, silly stuff that doesn't harm anybody. And that's what it's all about, Jim, at the end of the day, as you oh, know. Oh, yeah. 
That was a very good interview yesterday. The Mets look like they're more trouble than the Phillies right now. Yeah, now the story is in New York that they're, they're, the, the, the general manager is calling the dugout to, to, a la George Steinbrenner to tell which pitchers to use and what batting orders to make out. You know you're in trouble. I mean, Steinbrenner could do it because he owned the Yankees. But now your general manager and the owner is going to call down to a beleaguered manager and Mickey Calloway and tell an 82-year-old Phil Regan and tell them what to do from upstairs? I know. It's what you, when you hire a general manager who really is an agent, you're asking for trouble. Exactly right. You know your baseball, Jim. But we'll see what happens tonight. They got somebody I never heard of pitching for the Mets. Tonight. Yeah, this kid, his name is, uh, his name is Walter Lockett. Yeah. And his ERA is like 23. And you know what that means, right? He's going to shut the Phillies down tonight, even though he's 0-1. At least he's a right-hander, though. They're going to face the left, yeah. left-hander, Jason Vargas, and then Zach Wheeler. The good news for the Phillies is that they don't get to see their two best pitchers. One's hurt, and one, one pitched Sunday. Well, yeah, uh, DeGrom pitched on Sunday, and, Noel and, and Syndergaard is going to have a rehab start tonight. So he's not going to be activated until the Atlanta series this weekend. So the Phillies are missing their two best pitchers, and we'll see what happens. Obviously, last night, neither starting pitcher was any good, but luckily the Phillies got to the bullpen and uh, took care of business. And on, and on a Friday, you'll be doing a night show, but no daytime show, right? I don't know. We haven't made a final decision yet. We're going to have to get to Because pa- that's when the United States plays on Friday afternoon. I know. Here, I, I don't know. What are we doing? We have we made a decision? It's only Tuesday, Robin. We may have to have a vote, then have a commission established, and then we'll have to meet with this commission, and then we'll have to break it out and then have a, a, a group think session, and then maybe put a poll up, and then after that, we're going to take it to the people and get a final vote before we decide. Do we do a date? Now, Jim, I'm going to ask you, day-night doubleheader on Friday? I would do, uh, obviously, you have to do the Friday night show because right. I think that's, uh, that was great. And I think because you have a lot of people that work in the daytime Correct. don't have a chance to call up and call up in the daytime, better chance to call up a late night. I think we have to go into the night, and I think we're going to have to do one more doubleheader, and this is why. Why is it? Even if we don't continue, even if we don't continue it on beyond this Friday, Mm -hmm. the fact that we are that you are going to be calling into KMBR, we want this to be a uh, we want to record it for posterity and have it be simulcast. So we are going to go. A do a double day night night doubleheader. And here's the best part. There's no two separate admissions, so we don't chase everybody out and then expect them to come back and pay for the night game. So, because, and it'll be a, a, the the daytime portion will have the segment with you and Gary on. Beautiful man. Beautiful. And and Robin, I, you asked the question last minute of the show on Friday. Do I still have the last show on tape? Yes, I do have the last show on tape. The last into the night show. Yeah, on tape. And the last minute and a half, you and Robin got a little emotional at the end. Yeah, there. I was. I I, I, I always get emotional. I didn't think that I was going to be quite so emotional, but I was. I started crying. I Hopefully, that. maybe I'll play it on Friday night. Yeah, right. We have to have a taste of that. Yeah. Let's save it for Friday. We like though. to kick it old school on the show. Yeah. And what year was that? Was that 2011? That was uh, September 10th, 2011. 2011. A so date? The weekend before 11. the start of the NFL season. We've turned time to perfectly. <laughs> Jim, great to hear from you, buddy. Thank okay, you so much. Okay, take care. There he is, the great Jim in Cheltenham. The there are no other shows that have an official archivist like this show. I know. You would have to go into the National Archives in Washington, D.C. to try to find the kind of tapes. They can't even find tapes from the moon landing. But we have tapes of our shows. And the one tape, I say there's two tapes that I don't have of anything that I've done. The two that I miss the most, that I wish I had and I can never find, 
is the 9-11 show with Andrew Siciliano yeah. and I and the day that George Carlin called in to my morning show in L.A. Mm. Out of the blue, he just calls into the show. And I didn't, we, he didn't, I didn't take him cold. He called the producer. He called into the request line. Request line, Why the phone line. Why are you surprised that Jim doesn't have that one? Because that one wasn't... A a wasn't hard to record, but the the nine eleven. Yeah, that was an all day thing. That was an all but day. But there's thing. nothing of that left. There's not one just piece shocked. of evidence. It's like the moon landing. Somebody videos. somewhere, somebody somewhere out there in the world somewhere has that nine eleven portion of it. I'm I sure. hope so. But the George Carlin thing, because we just celebrated, not celebrated, we just commemorated. You know, Sunday was eleven years ago that George Carlin died. I know eleven, and I didn't know this until Ben Maller. My buddy out in L.A., Ben Maller po- pointed it out and wrote about, you know, it's hard to believe it's been 11 years. And I've told the story many times, but George Carlin called in. My producer in the other room said, there's a guy on the phone that says he's George Carlin. I said, come on, it's somebody spoofing you. So I went in during the break, and I picked up the phone before I put him on the air. I said, hello, and he said, this is George Carlin. I said, really, this is you? He said, yeah. I said, would you come on the air? He said, yeah, I love going on. I call sports talk shows all the time, but I never called you and never met you and want to talk to you. So I put him on the air. And it was like the most amazing. Now, I met pretty much every athlete, presidents, kings, queens, you name it. But to me, that was of all the people who ever called in out of the blue, George Carlin calling into the show and telling me how much he enjoyed how I thought. When George Carlin likes the way you think, I take that as the utmost in compliments, yes. right? Because no. the guy's the guy was the a comedy genius. Yes, no one can deny it. One of the all time. He's on the Mount Rushmore. And the thing that I thought, now I never got to meet him. He unfortunately, I started working with you after he'd already passed away. But um, one of the things that you that that I've always admired of George Carlin is the way his brain works. Yes, um, he thinks of everything, and the fact that he said to you. I really like I like the way your brain works. Yes. It's, you, <laughs> know, like, wow. you can't get a higher compliment than that. And so for all you people who come on on Twitter, 